0: Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Dan Boo Related Show on the planet Earth, The John Campion Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to welcome you, our international friends, who gather around to talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming. And, Ray, what day is it? Game day! Game day! (laughs) That's right! It's Game Day Batman! Opens in 350 theaters across the United States of America today for one night, and then it'll open in its regular wide release on Thursday night. But tonight, 100,000 fans across the country are going to gather together to take in the goodness that we know as the sweet nectar of the gods, good vitamin B Batman to be injected directly into our veins for health and prosperity. That's right. Batman opens today. We are going, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. D-Generation X is here to tell you that after this show is done, we're going to get in our cars. Well, first no. all, let me take that back. We are first going to do Movie Club. Movie Club is at 3 p.m. today, by the way. Normally, it's at 4 p.m., but today we're doing our Indiana Jones, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Movie Club today at 3 p.m. Come back and join us. But as soon as that's over, then we're getting into our cars, driving to Burbank. We're going to go see Batman tonight. It's very sweet. And, you know, I did it yesterday, but my wife... Woke up, I woke up, got out of bed and was still sleeping below. I did all my stuff. And then when I went back into the ba- uh, bedroom a few hours later, she's getting ready in the, in the bathroom. She turned to me. She goes, happy Batman day.
1: I'm like, oh, oh she did. Wow. She did.
0: Aww. She did. I married the right woman, ladies and gentlemen. Affirmation day after day that I married the right woman. And you guys have tuned into the right show because we're here to talk about Batman today and a whole lot of stuff. Anyway, guys. Uh, oh, yeah, she would introduce the people going around here. There, there's Rob, there's Ray, uh, and there's Chris. And we're here to talk about Batman today, but a lot of other things going on. I'm very damn excited. Anyway, guys, here's how today's show is going to go. We are going to break the show down into two parts. Why did I hold up three fingers? I don't know. I'm just so excited. <laughs> <You're And> just... <laughs> I'm just so damn you're excited. Keep, it's Batman. you people on your, their toes, John. We're going to break do. today's show down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take your live comments. I'm all messed up. No, in the first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics that we have laid out and ready to go. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you'd like to get a live comment or question on the show, simply use the Super Chat feature that you see in the YouTube chat there and fire it off. And by the way, we've almost I turned it on five minutes ago. We've already reached our limit. So I'm going to leave the Super Chats open for another two minutes, and then I need to shut it down because we've already almost reached our maximum. However, if you're watching the show any of the other 22 hours during the day and you'd like to send in a question or comment from <clears throat> me and Rob to read, well, we have a show called Mailbag that we do three times a week. And if you want to send in a question for Mailbag, simply go down and click on the tip link that's down in the description of this video or enter it in manually at www.streammoments.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question right on our show if we deem it appropriate to be used for our show. And, of course, you'll be supporting our channel at the same time and all of us involved with the John Campus Show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. All right, guys. I just had to turn the Super Chat feature off just so you guys know because you guys filled it up way too fast. So now let's get on to a couple of off-the-tops here, shall we, before we talk about going to see Batman tonight. And there are a couple of interesting things off the top here to talk about. And the first one we're going to talk about is this. You know, you could call the last year and a bit the year of the great lie. And that lie was Andrew Garfield swearing up and down for a year. I'm not, I'm not in the new Spider-Man movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Pictures came out of him and Tobey Maguire together six months ago. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in that movie. Video footage of him in the spider-man costume in front of a green screen came out online Nah, no no i'm not in it then some other pictures from the set of the movie i don't know where those ones came from wink i don't know where those ones came from came out online and he's still no 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 i'm not in it i'm not in that one it was the year of the great lie he was denying it a week into its first run Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He was he was denying it to his girlfriend. He was denying it to his parents. He was denying it. Lin-Manuel Miranda actually uh, was being interviewed, and they asked him, like, because, of course, Lin-Manuel directed him in Tick, what? Tick, Boom. Ray's not paying attention. He's too busy to talk to people oh, in the sorry. live chat. He's talking to people in the live chat, Rob. I was
2: waiting for it. But I love tick, when he tick, does boom.
0: that. And Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, oh, no, he straight up lied to me. Like I said, dude, I'm I'm hearing whispers. Are you in? Are you in the new Spider-Man? Oh no, no, man, I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. He was lying to everybody. The great lie. Then of course, Spider-Man comes along. We all knew. Everybody knew he was going to be in it. Spider-Man comes along, and sure enough, he's he's in the movie. Well, now there's been a lot of talk and speculation about whether or not we could see Andrew Garfield pop up again. Whether that Spider-Man No Way Home was a one and done, which I think it was. I don't think we're going to see. Tobey Maguire or, or Andrew Garfield again as Spider-Man, but I I don't reject the ideas that there could be possibilities of other things. But if I if I had to put five bucks on, I'd say we're probably not going to see him again. Well, they came right out and straight up asked Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield, I should say. They straight up asked him, "Are you going to play Spider-Man again?" And he plays play Spider-Man again, and Garfield just said straight up. Nope, I have, I have, well, no, he didn't say nope. He said, I have no plans to play, to play Spider-Man again. This is specifically what he said to Variety. He said this, when asked if he's gonna play Spider-Man again, he says, I have no plans and that is the truth, Garfield said in, uh, to Variety on the red carpet presented by DirecTV. This was at the SAG Awards, he said this, I believe. Everyone is gonna call me a liar for the rest of my life. I am the boy who cried wolf. When he said straight up to the guy, I have no plans. That's the truth. Uh, Although I know everyone is going to call me a liar for the rest of my life. I am the boy who cried wolf. So I'm going to tell you right now, I believe him. I I actually do. I believe him this time. I mean, we've heard Andrew Garfield talk recently about the fact that that was like lying to everybody was like the hardest thing he ever did. He said, I'm never going to do that again. And here's the funny thing too, is if, if he was, if there were talks of him being Spider-Man again, he could have just said, hey, listen, I've learned my lesson from what happened with Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm, I'm just not going to say anything, guys. Uh, I'm not going to either confirm nor deny anything. I'm just say, But he just straight up said the guy, I've got no plans to play Spider-Man again. That is the truth. I know everybody's going to think I'm a liar for the rest of my life, but that's what it is. So, Rob, while I really do like your notion of... Venom 3 and Andrew Garfield as Andrew Garfield Spider-Man being in Venom 3 I love that idea and you should but as much as I love it I don't think it's going to happen and, and, and I and maybe I'm being naive here maybe I'm being completely naive I actually believe Garfield now with what he's saying so I don't know Rob you're hearing what Garfield's having to say what do you think
2: I absolutely believe him
0: really yep I'm surprised yep because there is no Spider-Man
2: movie for him to sign on to yet Okay. So you're you're famous. Your big word is yes. Uh, Okay. There we go. I mean, he can just, of course, there's no, he's, I can honestly tell you, I'm not being, I'm sure he is absolutely 100% truthful when he says, I am, I am not, I have no plans to play Spider Man now. I believe that. Because no one's come to him and said, Would you play Spider Man But you still believe
0: he is going to play Spider
1: Man?
2: I believe there is a huge possibility that yes. And I'll tell you why. I wouldn't imagine that when he came back to play Spider-Man, it was necessarily a one-off. I would say that, you know, the way contracts are done in Hollywood, maybe will they have an option to come back and get him? So, like, right? can you imagine if they didn't do that? And they said, wow, uh, Andrew Garfield's peeps, his manager, his agents, his lawyers would say, "Uh, you know how much Spider-Man... No Way Home made it at the box office. If you want to get Andrew Garfield back, you have to pay $100 million. I'm sure they figured out something before they signed him to do this movie that in the case they wanted to bring it back, it wouldn't cost that much. So I'll bet you he does have some kind of a contract or a clause in his contract that does say something about him coming back.
0: I bet you he doesn't. I I, I would bet not $1,000 because I'm not that sure, but I would bet that this was his true swan song. This was his goodbye. This was his, his this was his opportunity to do what he didn't get a chance to do before when he was doing the Amazing Spider Man. Do it one last time. And I think you've got to give an actor that that give him this one last time. But then when he does say we'll come back, you know what it reminds me of? Ray reminds me of Undertaker. I know the weird wrestling analogy. But, you know, you watch this documentary on, on The Undertaker, who's a professional wrestler, right? Iconic, maybe one of the most legendary of all time. But they said, come back for one more match. And he's like, okay, he did. But then everybody loved it. So they said, oh, we'll come back again. And he later in his career talked about he kind of regretted doing that after that. Because it's like, he did his one more match. It was great. It was fantastic. And they talked him into coming back for one more time. And then he had a performance that he wasn't happy with and he was embarrassed about. Then he said, well, now I got to do it one more time to try to make (laughs) up for it. I mean, I I think you got to give him this. And I think this was them just bringing it in for one shot. Because I still don't believe Sony or Marvel want two different live action Spider-Mans running around in different movies. But... I'd be down for As opposed
2: for to three Batmans in one movie, or one year?
0: That, that's a different company. That's a company I that doesn't know have it, their shit I, together.
2: I'm just telling you, you know what? You have to go back. There, there was a lesson to be learned in Hollywood, and it if you didn't learn the lesson, it was writ large in the title of the movie. And that was 1983's Irvin Kirshner-directed Never Say Never Again. <laughs> no, sorry, Sean Connery's James Bond, who said he would never come back. As a matter of fact, in Diamonds Are Forever, he only
0: took the money and gave it to charity. But I mean, uh, there's and, no, oh, I think there's something to be said, though, about being penny wise and dollar foolish. It's like, yes, if you instantly put out Andrew Garfield Fred <laughs> Man movie right now, could that movie make a lot of money? Sure. But are you creating are you damaging yourself long term? Are you are you doing something that you really shouldn't be doing and doesn't actually work overall? And yeah, you can get a big benefit right now, but that could be at the cost of something long term that hurts you more. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this and say I don't think he's doing it. But Chris, you don't believe anybody that anybody tells you. No, ever. I don't
3: trust or love anyone. So you hear what you hear Andrew
0: Garfield's words. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I have no plans to play Spider-Man again. That is the truth. But he was lying to us for like yeah. over a year. What are you thinking about this right I now?
3: I think he's a filthy, filthy liar. <laughs> I think he's absolutely going to be Spider-Man again at some point. I don't believe this boy at all. I don't believe him farther than I can throw him. <laughs> Mm-mm, he's going to show back up in there. And he's one of my favorite Spider-Men. I love him. And I know everyone started bandwagging after No Way Home. Or, and like he was great. He was a great Spider-Man. He was quippy. He was fun. I really liked the
2: first, his first Amazing Spider-Man. I I really enjoyed that movie a lot.
3: I think he's. Look,
0: I've always said I think he's a fantastic Mm Spider-Man. I really love the first Amazing Spider-Man, not so much the second one. No, it wasn't
3: great. I mean, those movies just have really big villain problems too. They just aren't executed well. It's why they revamped them for the latest film. But I think he's going to come back.
0: Okay, so we got two say he's going to come back. I don't think he is. I think. I think. I actually believe him this time. I think he's actually done. I think. I think what they didn't know. And here's the problem too. I remember going, like, over a year ago, going into the last Spider-Man, people arguing, man, it would be so good if they had Toby and Andrew to give them one big send-off. That's what everybody would want, right? Give them a big glorious moment that Toby Maguire never got to do because they were supposed to do Spider-Man 4, and that got axed. They were going to do a third Amazing Spider-Man, that got axed. And everybody, the narrative was, give them this one thing. Okay, so now they gave them that thing. Oh, we'll now do more. yeah we're greedy what about you know doing what you say you're gonna do and then just letting it lie? look
2: you know what there's always you can always uh invoke the highlander 2 axiom (laughs) which is of course for those of you don't know the highlander 2 axiom is no matter what we do what movie sequel we make it's never going to be as bad as highlander 2. yeah it's that is the highlander 2 axiom
0: one of the three great unholy trinity of the worst wide-release Hollywood films of all time, Highlander oh. 2.
2: Or, and if you if you haven't seen Highlander 2 or you're unfamiliar with that, you can also replace it with Beverly Hills Cop 3.
0: Um, well, see, my, my unholy trinity, you know it, my unholy trinity of the worst ever wide-release Hollywood films is, in no particular order, uh, Highlander 2, Catwoman, and Battlefield Earth. They're the, the three cool. worst ever done. And so, yes, the Highlander Two axiom. Anyway, guys, question is for you: What do you think about this? Andrew Garfield is—is is he just at it again, or has he got his lying to everybody about his involvement and stuff put aside? What do you think? Do you believe him when he says, "I am not going to be Spider-Man again. I'm not. I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth," or is he just pulling the same BS that he pulled with us for over a year? Whatever you guys think about it, jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top here, shall we? And that one more off the top is this. Now, you guys will remember that a little while ago, a few days ago probably, we talked about how Disney Plus Canada put out on social media that the Netflix Marvel shows, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage, uh, uh, Punisher, that they were all coming to Disney Plus Canada, but there was no word about whether or not they would come to Disney Plus in the U.S. We speculated that maybe they go on to Disney Plus here and they create an adult section. Maybe what I thought they were going to do was put them on to Hulu, since that seems to be their more adult arm here. Well, this morning, as I was getting ready to do the show today, this morning I got an email from Disney, from their uh, PR department, and it basically read, let me bring it up here full screen here for you guys. Disney sent this to, to me this morning. and said, Marvel... By the way, we're going to talk about their use of words here in a second. Marvel live-action series and updated parental controls in the U.S. coming to Disney Plus on March 16th. Fan-favorite titles including Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. I don't know why they're saying fan-favorites and Iron Fist in the same sentence, but uh, (laughs) Iron Fist, The Defenders, The Punisher, and Marvel's Agents of Vomit, uh, or sorry, S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, giving fans access to two more from the Marvel collection all in one place. Basically it's this on March 16th. The basic gist is all these Marvel shows are coming to Disney plus in the U S but you also got to set up parental controls because these are TV MA, which is basically rated R or worse uh, in movie comparisons. And so Disney's saying, yep, we're going to move them on, but we're going to have to have you guys set up some parental controls. Uh, let me move over here because over at uh, Screen Rant, they got comments from one of the executives at Disney Plus says, Disney Plus has served as the home for some of the most beloved brands in the industry, and the addition of these live action shows brings more from the Marvel brand together, all in one place. As we continue to build greater value for consumers seeking high quality movies and series, we're at the same time being responsive to those changes on the platform. We have experienced great success with this on Disney Plus across our global markets, talking about parental controls and blocked areas across our global markets. And we'll continue uh, that here in the U.S. as we as we wheel by offering our consumers not only great content, but also a set of features that help to ensure viewing experiences most suitable for them and their families. So I know a lot of people were speculating and had the thought that at some point, Sooner or later, Disney in the U.S. is going to start setting up age walls. And Rob, you were one of them. You, you, you've been saying the whole time that you really think in the U.S. they were going to set that up. I never would have thought that until Big Papa Iger left, because we talked about that. So, well, Big Papa Iger's not here anymore. Who knows? what? Because Iger never would have allowed that. I, I don't think Iger would have ever allowed that. But he's not there anymore. It's Bob Chapek now, and they're, they seem to be opening it up. I want to point out two interesting things to me here. The first interesting thing is, well, here it is. The Marvel Netflix shows are coming over to Disney plus in the U S. So there's that. And probably it will be, and, and they list a bunch of countries. It's rolling out in, I expect by the end of the year, it's going to be on all Disney plus things everywhere. The other interesting thing to me though, is this, when I brought up my personal emails about notifications from Disney's PR comp, uh, from the PR branch at Disney about like moon Knight and whatever. They always talk about the marvel cinematic universe the mcu expands again i just want to point out something we all already know the language that they use in these things is very specific they never mention marvel cinematic universe they always just say marvel property and marvel live action series not marvel cinematic universe live-action series, and through all the email and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, even when you go over to that comment from the Disney Plus executive, they never mention the MCU. They just always talk about Marvel property. So, because I know I already saw on Twitter today some people discussing that, well, this means that these shows are all part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And while these communiques from Disney do not explicitly say those shows are not, I do find it telling that the language is very different than the language they set out with Moon Knight, with the She-Hulk notification, with all that kind of stuff. So I just thought that was kind of telling as well. Anyway, Rob, here we go. We got these shows. They are coming to not not Hulu, but they're coming to Disney Plus here. And Disney's going to set up these age restrictions as well. Some people think maybe a little bit long time coming. Uh, What do you think about it? What stands out to you in this?
2: Well, I think I, you know, like I, you told, you just said that I anticipated them doing this only because I think they kind of had to at some point. Right. You know, because they want, ultimately, I think, and we've talked about this, that Hulu will be absorbed because Hulu is not worldwide and Disney Plus is. So eventually they're going to, they want everyone to subscribe to Disney Plus. So I think it's the smart move. What I'm more interested in, John, is will they debut shows now that are quote-unquote TVMA, that debut behind a paywall. So mm. I was thinking, you know, Kevin Feige, John, we are now on Moon Knight Countdown. We're 29 yes. days from Yes, Moon we day. are. 29 days from game day and 29 days, my game day.
1: My my game day. Yeah, my game my, day. Yes,
2: my, my game <laughs> it's day. mine. It is mine. I've wanted this for a long, long, long you time. You have. For a long time. But um, I, I'm curious because, you know, Kevin Feige has said, that Moon Knight is going to be brutal. Like they're not, so would they debut a new, is there a possibility they could do Marvel or a Star Wars show and debut it behind a paywall on Disney plus? Would they do that? Yeah, parental control. control. Pardon me. It's already behind a paywall, (laughs) but yes, a parental control. That's what I mean. Like, would they do that? You know, so they could actually make from the get a more mature content like how daredevil was you know will we see that happen and i think eventually we will i think marvel and and star wars will make shows that might debut behind that parental control wall
0: so you're you're suggesting that not only are they now setting up a parental control wall so they can bring over this content you think this may usher in a thing where star wars marvel starts making adult TV MA content to debut behind those those parental control walls. Absolutely. I don't know. What do you, do you think they will? Yeah. Eventually. Do you think they'll go like more adult? You think we're gonna see, you know, Starbone? We're gonna see sex in Star Wars. I, I don't know like about that?
2: I don't know about that necessarily, but you know, the thing is, it is after all, Star Wars. And I mean, the way they're going with it, it's just a happy time here in the old galaxy far, far away. I mean, we're talking about a global uh, on Tatooine a, a planetary conflict. The galaxy is at war. War is ugly. You know, war is not something as we know from what's going on in the world today. And I think that I could see something like a and Andor series, the next iteration of whatever, whatever that is, would would be more like Platoon or Saving Private Ryan in the Star Wars universe.
0: But it's interesting, though, because Marvel has had a venue where they could make R-rated content if they want, the movie theaters. If they wanted, they, they could any They no no paywall, no parental control while necessary. But Kevin Feige, just a few we talked about on the show, Kevin Feige came out and said, no, Blade is not going to be rated R. We're not going to do R-rated material. Uh Deadpool's an exception. He said like Deadpool's going to be its own kind of thing. So that's a bit of an exception, but we see no need to do R rated material. Do you think that maybe their position on that has changed? Not necessarily. I, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily, but
2: eventually like how do you make a PG? Th- I know more. is it Morbius PG-13? Yeah. I mean, eventually you're going to have to come to grips with the fact like you're dealing with supernatural beings that are killing people indiscriminately now does it come to the point where w- when do you actually say when do you you're pulling back your because your audience is going to demand they can get r-rated vampire movies in, in other places eventually they're going to want to see how do you show a how do you make a vampire movie without red blood you know like well, we, we're going to we, find out I, I know i know and i think eventually we'll see they might do as a special for viewers they might do r-rated versions they put behind the paywall but the theatrical versions are PG-13. Really? Or something along you those lines. You think
0: they'll get into that whole thing of there's going to be multiple versions uh, of our movies? I think
2: possibly they will, because remember... But what does this that accomplish? Subscribers. Does it? I don't know. I mean, but I think But you that, think if
0: somebody's not interested in Blade or being a Disney Plus subscriber, that, oh, they're going to show blood. Okay, I'll subscribe to Disney Plus?
2: Well, I think that, yeah. I mean, if you could only see certain versions of a movie, they might. They're going to do whatever they can to get drive more subscribers. I mean, the streaming wars. We're in the early stages of that. It'll be interesting to see. Like, I don't know, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if they did.
0: All right. Chris, you're hearing, you know, this, they've, they're now they are definitely bringing it over. We knew they were bringing it over, but whether they would put it into their Hulu branch, their yeah. Disney Plus branch, it's going on Disney Plus. They're setting up these parental controls. What stands out to you about this? And, and what, if anything, do you think this tells us about the future of their content?
3: I mean... I'm going to be very cynical here of just, I mean, people are going to watch what they watch anyway. You know, Netflix has their parental control where it's just like, here's the kid's version. Yeah. And then you just don't log into it. So it just seems like something they're doing for the sake of doing it, frankly. Um, maybe maybe there's going to be a passcode system. Maybe it's going to be a little more highfalutin than that, but.
0: It, yeah, I think it, they it, said that you're going to need okay. to set up like a passcode or All something right. like that. And
3: So it seems like it's well-intentioned, but it seems like something that I, I don't think is that important ultimately, honestly. Um, I don't think it's gonna change their content too much. There could be a push to do things that are are more like, you know, what we see on HBO Max, they're kind of DC properties, right? Right. And do something like that to compete with a peacemaker, to compete with Doom Patrol. but for the most part, I think they're going to stay the course with their PG thirteen realm. Personally,
2: well, that could be true, but you know they've also got other franchises, the Alien franchise. Yeah, now oh, they can put, now they put yeah, the but Alien movie outside
0: yeah. Yeah. of MCU yeah, and Star yeah, Wars. But it's still. And I isn't... think you're dead right about that. Yeah.
2: yeah, and then you've got Noah Hawley's Alien TV series that's, that's going to. You know, and, I didn't and, think
3: about that. Yeah. So
2: I think that they're going to want to do the, the Die Hard movies. You know, those are R rated, and um, although Die Hard with a Vengeance is there's two versions of it i mean that i could see that happening too there's two versions of die hard with a vengeance there's the Yippie Kaye mother effer one where he mm-hmm. says it and then there's the one he where he yeah. doesn't so
0: but yeah no so if you if we move outside of the realm of marvel and star wars i i completely agree with you i, I think that definitely does open the doors for that a lot
2: i think one day those, uh, there's going to be a creator probably a big creator that wants to do a, a much grittier harder hitting Star Wars show where they really delve into the cost of war like I would love to see Apocalypse Now in the Star Wars universe something like that you know an adaptation of Hearts of Darkness or something so where they can actually take the Star Wars universe and and take it into an adult direction that we haven't seen before and maybe do it specifically for Disney Plus does that
0: then hurt your brand does that then turn families off? Your, I'm, I'm not saying it does. I'm, I'm just throwing the, the, I think r- not the not question out there.
2: Because not,
0: not, these are the questions that Disney has wrestled with over the years when it comes to their Marvel yeah. and Star Wars stuff. And I, I'm not saying I have an answer to that. I don't. I'm just putting the question out there. It does couldn't that...
2: hurt your brand worse than Rise of Skywalker. Well, I mean, that that's true, too. I mean, Bad I stuff hurts you worse. And I think if you open it up to creators who have more leeway to do some interesting things with the property, I think the problem is they... look. All of these things are creator-driven, like TV shows. We look at what Vince Gilligan did with Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. We need that kind of creativity for a Star Wars show. But
0: do we? Because here's... We do. Playing devil's advocate here. Really? Show yeah. me the need. Because every time they put out a new Star Wars show, it becomes the number one thing in the world. Whenever they put out a Star Wars movie, it makes over a billion dollars. Whenever Marvel puts out a movie, it makes over a billion dollars. Whenever Marvel puts out a, DC, a Disney Plus show, it becomes the number one highest rated thing they've ever done. So when you say they need to do that, devil, just playing devil's advocate, show me the need, because they seem to be winning on all fronts, doing things the way they do. And I don't know that I see a deficit here that they need to make up for.
2: I th- think, though, that if you want to have this IP stay vibrant, and they do, for another 10 years, you're going to have to address or the idea that you want creators who are going to make innovative stuff with your IP to be attracted to working with you to create something new that, they, that attracts But Do they audiences. seem like they're
0: having trouble attracting anybody right now?
2: Well, I think right now we're... we're I, think it, I
0: think there's a bunch of truth in what you're saying. I'm just, again, I'm just yeah, playing I mean, devil's advocate no, here. But I,
2: I, I do think that we haven't seen the repercussions of less good uh f- uh franchise property we need to see we instead of more like with star trek we have a lot more but is it better and i think ultimately the long-term effects of that we'll see will people still love star trek in five years same thing with star wars how what's the longevity
0: all right guys well the question is for you what do you think about this they have officially said they're moving the not mcu content but the marvel branded stuff over from netflix into disney plus and they're going to set up the parental controls what do you think about that move and what if anything do you think that might tell us about the future content that we may be able to expect on something like disney plus could we see some r-rated content original content being made outside of the mcu and star wars inside of the mcu and star wars Hell, why not? Where's the TVMA Pixar property we want to see as well? But Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Guys, we want to take a second and thank one of the sponsors of this video, Stamps.com you know they call what i and what a lot of you guys do small business but to us it doesn't seem small it's the world to us and you can't afford to miss out on opportunities to grow and keep your customers wanting more because time is money don't waste either with repeated trips to the post office with stamps.com you can skip the trip and focus on how to take your business to the next level stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer and saves you money in the process so you can spend less time at the post office and more time making. Your customers happy. Stamps.com gives you access to all of the post office and UPS shipping services that you need right from your computer. And get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. So stop overpaying for shipping with stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code Campia for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com and click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter the code Campia. And a big thank you to the good folks at stamps.com for supporting today's episode of The John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that all down, Let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on The John Campion Show? It's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime, 24-7 over to www.thejohncampionshow.com contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Cambia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today?
3: This comes from Mr. Mister. In, month one, uh, in one month, the highly anticipated Moon Knight series comes out on Disney+. Plus. This is definitely my most anticipated Marvel show this year, and from everything we've seen so far, it does not look like it'll disappoint. Not too long ago, Empire Magazine gave us our first look at Mr. Knight, and now we have a brand new poster dedicated to this character. I'm a bit confused, as I thought the eyes were meant to be glowing, but what are your guys' brief thoughts on this poster? Thanks, and bring on the filthy.
0: All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, Mr. Mr. And yeah, like Rob was pointing out earlier, the countdown clock has begun. We are within the month, 29 days from Moon Knight dropping. One of the most interesting releases I think that Disney has done on their platform so far. This is, I mean, we say this a lot with Eternals, with Shang-Chi, Again, this is another something coming from Marvel that is very different from a lot of the stuff that Marvel has ever put out before. And it's a character that the vast majority of the average movie going television watching audience has never heard of. And that's Moon Knight. And yes, we just got a new image of what they're calling Mr. Knight. Mr. Knight. In this. And a lot of people have questions. Wait a minute. What is Mr. Knight? Why doesn't he look like Moon Knight? Is this a different character altogether? Is this another one of the personalities? Well, the good news is we happen to have somebody in the room that happens to get a little bit of a stiffy whenever you mention Moon Knight <laughs> and knows a whole lot about Wait, him. A little is one... <laughs> bit. Come on now. A <laughs> little bit. <laughs> Rager. Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett is here. talking. So, Rob, we're, we got this, this, this image. First of all, this image looks really cool like if you didn't know anything about anything and you just came across this image think that's a pretty good yeah bondage costume I guess I suppose I don't know but it's a cool looking outfit who is Mr. Knight what is the significance of this picture what is it we're looking at and how do you think this fits into the Moon Knight show we're going
2: to be watching here okay it's hard to (laughs) Moon Knight has had very many different iterations from his original conception in 1975 The Moon Knight persona has undergone, anyway, in 2014, Warren Ellis, writer Warren Ellis, who did things like Planetary, and I wanna say artist Declan, uh, I think it's Shalvi, Declan Shalvi took on Moon Knight. And they basically wrote a very different kind of a comic that dealt with Moon Knight's fractured personalities being put back together. Uh, And at first you thought that Khonshu, the actual spirit of Khonshu, was trying to obliterate all of Moon Knight's personalities so Khonshu could actually take over Mark Spector's body and live on Earth. Turns out that wasn't the case. This uh, iteration of Moon Knight, the Mr. Knight character came about in that series. And in Warren Ellis' run, it started out as a series of short stories. And this Mr. Knight character kind of existed in a nether world where there was like the undead on the streets of new york and it was very very surreal and very strange but very cool and it turns out that it wasn't really conchu and uh mark Spector did gain control over his own mind again and uh was liberated so this mr knight character really represents and it it, it, it bodes well for the show because if they go in the weird, surreal realm where he existed in this bizarre alternate reality where, where our reality was very different than the normal reality and he's in this Mr. Knight persona, it's going to get wild. Like, you know, because this character, this Mr. Knight persona existed in a world that was not quite our reality. It was all in his mind, but it's still amazing. So now this, remember, this character, this version of Moon Knight was introduced in 2014. So Moon Knight had been around for almost 40 years before this iteration of the character existed.
0: What do you think about the look? that we? Because we're getting a good look at this image it's right now. Right. What do you I think mean, of it?
2: You know, the Moon Knight thing with the, the mummy wrap, they're, 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 they've got the, like the, they took the bandages of a mummy and they made this suit, his, his normal costume and this suit out of it. I like it. I think it's really cool. I mean, I loved Moon Knight in a natty white three-piece suit with this mask over his face. But the fact that they're adding to this Egyptian mummy motif is interesting. I like it.
0: I think it looks great. Chris, you had a chance to take a look at this image, which yeah. I think looks absolutely I mean, I would watch a whole show just based on this persona. Mm-hmm. Like, just right out. But you had to take a chance yeah. to take a look at it. What do you think?
3: I'm very excited about this. I think this looks really, really rad. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Rob, too, because I know, obviously, your Moon Knight knowledge is much more extensive than mine. This is also, even though he's doing wild things like punching the undead and fighting ghosts, he's also more of, like, the detective consultant persona. That is correct. correct? That yeah. That is correct. So I think that's a really interesting thing to throw into the mix here, too, is because we have all this otherworldly stuff, but then we have somebody who is a bit more grounded, who is uh, doing some crime solving and doing some logistical reasoning throughout all of this, too. Yes. Which is just another fun layer we're adding to the show.
2: Well, what it tells me is that we're going to, I think we're going to get a, a, a whole, the whole gamut of Moon Knight. Yeah. And and it's going to be an interesting, they're basically going to compact f- 50 years, almost 50 years of Moon Knight history into one storyline, which is going to make it, I mean, I don't think we're going to see the West Coast Avengers yeah. in this show, but it's going to be very interesting to see what they do.
0: All right. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this new image of Mr. Knight? I think it looks awesome. What are you guys thinking about? Are you excited for the show? 29 days away. Are you anticipating it? Do you still not know whether you're into it or not? Whatever you guys are thinking right now, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today?
3: Second one is coming from T. Garrett. Hi, John. I'm a longtime viewer of the show and love the discussions you and your gang have. Well, thank you. I was wondering if you caught the new trailer for The Atom Project. Sean Levy has really impressed me much as a director, but Free Guy really surprised me. And this looks like it could be even better. What do you think? Thanks, and all the best.
0: All right. Thanks a lot for saying that, In. And yeah, listen, the combo and the product that Sean. And Ryan Reynolds came up with in Free Guy was phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. That was a movie that just purely entertained and delighted and was just great to see. It was a great vehicle for obviously for Reynolds, good Canadian kid, my favorite movie star. Um, And I don't love everything he's in. Wasn't a big fan of uh, I almost called it Burn Notice. I wasn't a big fan of what's the thing? red notice? Red notice, Burn yeah, notice not Burn great. Notice. Yeah, Burn Notice is great. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Burn Notice, right? But but Free Guy, my God, that that movie just hit okay. on all cylinders, man. I just love that thing. So I instantly get in, intrigued when they say they're teaming up again. But then I'm hit with the reality that's a Netflix original. And whereas Netflix crushes it more times than not with their shows, more times than not they fall on their faces when it comes to their original movies. There's a few diamonds in the rough. There's a few things that work out really, really well. But for the vast majority, 9 out of 10 of their original movies fall flat on their face. So the first trailer for this new one, The Atom Project, dropped a little while ago, kind of the first teaser. And we talked about it on the show. And I said, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's all right. Look, right. I'm on board. Sure. I'll give this a shot. It was an interesting looking project. Now, the whole idea about a Ryan Reynolds from the future coming back to team up with the boy version of himself in the past, intriguing. But I'd be lying to you if I told you that that trailer knocked my socks off. You know, you guys saw it. I was on the show. I was, yeah, it's all right. New trailer dropped. This trailer's awesome. This trailer is the trailer that they should have probably led with. This trailer totally got me on board. It gave you a much better sense of, number one, the story. It gave you a better sense of what it is they're actually doing. You get a little bit of an understanding about why did the Ryan Reynolds, why is the Ryan Reynolds of the future and the Ryan Reynolds of the past together again. I got a sense of now, okay, that's why Zoe Saldana is in this movie. I now understand what the whole idea of bringing, reincorporating the Mark Ruffalo dad into it and all that kind of stuff. Not enough Jennifer Garner in this trailer. I'm just going to throw that out there. Every trailer needs more. You got to meet that Jennifer Garner quota. And this trailer failed at that, but I'll let that slide for now. And I got to tell you what, this trailer for the Adam project, this has got me excited. Now I'll always have that that reservation of the fact that it is in fact a netflix original so whether it'll be one of those diamonds in the rough like old guard was or whatever we'll wait and see but that aside i think this trailer looks great i i I think it was a big step up from the other one anyway chris you had a chance to check out this trailer for the adam project the new full trailer What did you think of it and where's your anticipation level like for now?
3: This movie looks fantastic because the initial trailer I was in, once we saw that lovely little Yeah, I wasn't. I loved the little Tron fighting stick and I was like, that's all I need. Ryan Reynolds and that, I'm fine. This looks really, really killer though. This looks so fun. All the effects look amazing. The tech that they're integrating in here looks really, really cool. And I love this kid. Before we started the show, y'all, I was telling these guys, on Ryan's Instagram, you can watch him and this kid in the car while they're filming this. And he does a monologue from Deadpool 2. The kid does. The kid does. And it's so funny. It's so great. He's just getting bleeped left and right. Um, I'm really, really excited about this. I know it's not your jam, but I love time travel movies. And the mm-hmm. fact that this is just sci fi Tron, the kid, I'm all in.
0: One of the things I did love, though, about the trek, because you're right, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a big fan of them, of time travel tropes mm-hmm. used in movies. There's some exceptions Star Trek, uh, The Voyage Home, obviously Back to the Future. It works every once in a while, and it really works for me. Um, but I loved that being the case, because the kid brings up one of the logic fallacies of it. Well, wait a minute. You must know all this. Because you're me, and I'm experiencing this right now. Therefore, and this—the way they handled it—oh man, I watched way too many movies as a kid. I thought I thought that was really clever. That great and cute. line
3: of like multiverse. Ugh.
0: <laughs> yes, that's multiverse. Uh, you watched me too movies. I thought that was really, really clever. Anyway, Rob. You had a chance to check this out. I, I can't remember what your thoughts were on the first trailer, but how do you think this new one compares to that and where's your anticipation level like?
2: You know, I thought the first one, I think I said it was like, it rem- reminded me the feel of it, kind of like a Last Starfighter vibe. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I love this trailer. I thought this trailer, like you both did, it was a step up. I love the kid. This movie seems smart and I would expect nothing less from Sean Levy who brought us not only Free Guy, but brings us Stranger Things as well. Uh, It looks like it's smart. It's intriguing. It looks like there's a lot more science fiction happening other than just time travel and bad guys. Like there's some more interesting elements going on, which I always appreciate. You know, John, there was a (laughs) not to bring up Star Trek, but I'm going to, there's an animated (laughs) Star Trek episode from the seventies called Yesteryear where time is broken and Spock has to go through the guardian of forever and go back to his younger self. And pretend he's their fa- the family's older cousin that no one really knows. And he comes in and he has to aid his young self in the Kazwan ritual. And I, as a kid, Ryan, I love this story. I love this story about an, your, the older version of yourself coming through because the timeline is broken. So Spock has, because young Spock was killed in this alternate timeline. So old spock himself has to help his younger self out to survive to put the timeline back and i don't know if they took any kind of inspiration from that but i love that idea that i'll bet you at the end of this story the timeline has to be reset and the kid is going to forget that he met his that's why wouldn't you know that this already happened that makes logical sense yeah and and it's there's something there's something really poignant about that story and I think that, th- that this new trailer, not just, it looks like a lot of great sci-fi fun goodness and all that, but I'll bet you it has an emotional punch at the end too.
0: The other possibility is, because we get from the trailer that Mark Ruffalo is the one who creates time travel. He becomes the, what do they call him? The godfather of time travel or something like that. It could be that this is the first instance of the timeline. If that's the case, then if this is their first time through, through this loop in time, The kid never would have met himself. And the dad goes on to create time travel. Kid grows up, becomes Ryan Reynolds. And this is the first time he has come back to do this. We're not in an infinite loop like other things. But I like your explanation better, to be honest with you. But anyway, Ray, you saw the trailer. I'm curious. What what do you think about this? Does this tickle you? Like, it's
1: four and a half hours, but... (laughs) No, I think it's probably like under two hours. But what what do you think? Do you think is this something that interests you? I actually am surprised by the effects from a Netflix movie. I mean, it actually yeah, way better actually, than I. That, I oh
2: yeah, they look incredible. Um, yeah,
1: the blasters, the the air, the the disintegrations. That? Like when they yeah. shoot them or they get hit, and those that looks pretty good. And like the 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 aircrafts in there look really unique too. It's I. I love just bright lights in any movie. I love have,
0: bright lights. If you
1: have bright lights, it, it'll keep me awake. There's
0: the new T-shirt. I love, I love bright, bright lights.
1: Um, like like fluorescent, whatever, neon lights. I mean, their weapons actually look cool. It looked yeah. like he had like some sort of nunchucks, uh, that were attached to like yeah, maybe some lasers. Like I don't know. Staff or like you know electric bow staff. I know I'll probably like this movie, but I won't understand the thing. That's all. <laughs> I I never I understand don't like this movie with sci-fi I... movies. I never really get it like everyone else gets it. I get like enough for me to like watch the rest of the movie, but I can't, I'm just too slow for sci-fi.
0: <laughs> well,
1: guys, the question is for you. What did you
0: think about this new trailer for the Adam project? I honestly think it's a big step up from the last one. I now actually have some legitimate enthusiasm for it. How did you guys feel about it? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three.
3: Chris, what is our third main topic today? This is from Adam Ricketts. It's showtime, possibly. News hit that the second Beetlejuice movie has been resurrected at WB with Brad Pitt and his production company reportedly producing, as well as the return of Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder.
0: All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, Adam. And yeah, listen, there has been talk for years now about them trying to do a Beetlejuice 2. Actually, I remember when I was still at like AMC uh, movie talk, I remember us doing a story about, oh, no, now they're really... Because I think Winona Ryder said something at the time and they got everybody excited and all that kind of stuff. And they thought a Beetlejuice 2 was going to come about. Then about six months later, I think Tim Burton came out and said, yeah, no, it's not happened. We tried to get it going. We couldn't get it happening. So that kind of killed that. Well, now here we are. Fast forward numbers more years later. And it looks like the Beetlejuice sequel may just be still alive and may have a chance of actually living. This comes from the folks over at Deadline who write the following. Brad Pitt's production company, Plan B, has boarded Beetlejuice 2, Deadline has confirmed, bringing a new sense of life to a project that has long been in the works at Warner Brothers. The sequel remains in early development with the script yet to be written. No other attachments have been disclosed at this time. I want to point that out, too, because in the message, and I'm seeing some people online saying, yeah, Winona Ryder and Michael Keaton are attached. Well, according to the official report coming from Deadline, they're saying, actually, no, they don't know of anybody else being attached. doesn't mean they won't be, but as of right now, it doesn't look like they are attached for now. No other attachments have been disclosed at this time. Beetlejuice is a classic film from director Tim Burton in which the spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home, hiring a malicious spirit uh, of the same name to drive them out. Michael Keaton played the title role in the original with Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Catherine O'Hara, Winona Ryder, what a cast, Uh, and more rounding out the cast. So, it seems like, once again, Brad Pitt just like he did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Brad Pitt coming to the rescue and maybe getting something going with the Beetlejuice too. I'm going to give you a hot take. This ain't going to (laughs) work. It ain't going to work. And it's the exact same feeling, and I was absolutely right, when they were talking about another Matrix, and I told everybody, it ain't going to work. It's not going to make money. Now, everybody told me I was ridiculous and said that movie's going to be a billion-dollar film and all kind of stuff. I am telling you, this is way past its expiration date. I mean, there was a time when I think you could have done another Beetlejuice. There absolutely was a time, not too terribly long ago, maybe five years ago, maybe six or seven years ago. But you can do everything you want to get this up and running it ain't gonna work. This will not, this will be a box office flop. Um, you might make it well, especially if you can get Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder. And if you can get all of them back, you might make it good. I just don't think it's gonna be. And I go, I, I can already hear it. Everybody's gonna say the same thing they told me when I said Matrix wouldn't work. Say, you don't understand how popular this is. You don't understand how many people love this thing. I get it, I do. But when an expiration date passes on a bottle of milk, no matter how much you believe in that milk, you shouldn't drink it. And I'm telling you that a another Beetlejuice movie right now will not do well. So I think this is a mistake, but I think it can be good, especially if Brad Pitt and Plan B are going to be behind it. You can make something good. I, I just think if I'm a movie executive, I don't give it a green light. Rob, they're talking about maybe... Brad Pitt coming along, saving the day with with, uh, Plan B Productions and making another Beetlejuice. If you're an executive, you bullish on this? you like this idea? What do you think?
2: John, I'll I'll take your Matrix Resurrections, and I will raise you a Ghostbusters afterlife.
3: Ah. Yes.
2: And uh, I would say I green light this today, tomorrow, and four ways till Sunday. Because this is a comedy. It's going to be comedy. And it's going to be funny as F. Funny AF. I'm telling you, Michael (laughs) Keaton... As Beetlejuice, here's the problem. Kids today, people today, we need Beetlejuice. We need that kind of anarchy in our comedy again. We need this kind of off-the-wall craziness. We need the kind of bizarre unreality of of Beetlejuice. I think that, my God, does this generation, does Gen Z need Beetlejuice to come in and show them what's up? And you think this will make big money at the box office? Huge. All right. Huge money.
0: (laughs) I green light it. I
2: green light it. And, you know, and who you know what they're going to do? They're going to remember, remember the Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder character. And, and come on, Deo and all that. This movie was hilarious.
0: It it holds up.
2: And the weird surrealism and Tim Burton-esque. The only question is if they bring Tim Burton back, does he still have what it takes to make this movie?
0: I don't believe for a second that Tim Burton comes back to do it. Maybe he does, but. I mean, this could be the crazy I wouldn't bet, ag- I wouldn't bet against it. I wouldn't bet against it. But I, I, my my guess is they probably. Plus, a new this movie's not going to be expensive.
2: You know, because it doesn't have to have realistic mm-hmm. effects. It can be the crazy, weird Rick heinrichs design puppets yeah. and craziness. Well, and
0: other than World War Z, which I think was also a Plan B thing, have, have, has Plan B really done anything super high budget? I mean, I, th- I think World War Z might be the most expensive thing yeah, they've done. Yeah, maybe. Because they've done things like, I think they did 12 Years of Slave, and they did, like, I think they did Underground Railroad, and they did something, but things that were not super, mi- like, micro-budgets, but I don't think they spend a ton of money, so you're probably right about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I, look, only because, like, Ghostbusters Afterlife worked pretty well, and exactly. this is going to be cheaper than that, and I could see the idea that there's yet another family that moves into a place that's being haunted, and I could see this really working. And they were going to make, weren't they going to make, like, Beetlejuice in Hawaii? That was kind of the something idea. something a long time ago? I mean, I, I would love to see, look, I, I, I think another Beetlejuice movie now, of all these ridiculously creative bankrupt IPs that they're going to resurrect from the, I mean, the, the IPs aren't bankrupt, the creative idea to just resurrect your catalog. I think this could work.
0: All right, just just as a, as a point of reference, does anybody in here know how much Ghostbusters Afterlife made at the box office worldwide? No. 200 million. It made under 200 million. Not far, not far. It made 190-something million dollars worldwide. Key to it, though, that you brought up, key to that, though, is they made it for $44 million. They kept the budget really low. and But, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to call... A sub two hundred million dollar movie, a huge, giant hit.
2: No, but it tripled its it tripled its budget. Quadrupled. Quadrupled its budget. I mean, that's a win. It's
0: production budget, so it was profitable. Yeah. Maybe Beetlejuice can do the same thing, Chris. You see this? What do you think? Do you think number one, let's start let's start with a bigger question. I didn't ask you. Number one, do you think this will actually happen? I mean, they're on board, but nobody, the studio, no studio said they're greenlighting it, but it's in development. Number one, do you think it'll happen? And number two, if it does, what do you think about it?
3: I mean, I don't want to believe anything is set in stone until a movie is actually in theaters, frankly. Uh, I say that as as an actor who, you know, you sign on to things sometimes and they get canceled before production, in the yeah. middle of production. Or, hey, you find out at the end of the day, this is a totally different movie now, or you're not even in it. Um, but all that said, if it does get made, I'm all for it. I'm with Rob. I think this would be so fun especially if you take it to kind of like a drop dead fred place and it's older winona right dealing with beetlejuice again oh, yeah. that'd be really fun i think having tim burton produce this and allowing another director to come in here and explore this kind of gothic world we have going on particularly exploring the other intricacies of the afterlife because that kind of weird bureaucratic system they had is so fun to explore so much cool stuff can be delved in there and if you bring on keaton and o'hara come on i mean look after Shit's is... creek yes that is comedy fried gold right there, my friend. How could you not green light that if they're signed on? If they w- want to do it. Because
0: want make money. But you bring up another, you bring up a great question sure. I was going to ask next. Okay. Okay. So y'all got some big enthusiasm for this. Mm-hmm. Thinking this thing can work. It won't. But thinking it can Let's change the parameters a little bit though. The deadline article says that nobody else is attached yet. Can you still make another Beetlejuice movie if it's not Michael Keaton? No.
3: No. I wouldn't just, want it just straight up flat
0: yeah I I think that would become very uh problematic I think it becomes problematic. so you think it's absolutely got to be Michael Keaton in there or else there's really no point in doing uh, it hundred uh, percent
3: okay hundred percent I don't want to see another Beetlejuice but if it is
0: Michael Keaton you're hundred percent on board
3: absolutely
2: yeah I mean you know what's really interesting about where Michael Keaton is in his career like we always talk about the renaissance that he's awesome he's awesome <laughs> <laughs> and and I think if you look at the just the breadth of his performances from Dopesick to to what he did in the that protégé, he won the Sag for that mm-hmm. yeah that he won the Sag for to the Protege to I mean he's just crushing it and I think you know he's a guy if you ever see him speak on talk shows he's such a humble guy and I think he's kind of not bemused but really grateful that people still like to see him I mean this would be. <laughs> I think this would make. I think this movie would make a lot of money because you've got the nostalgia factor, and if you can make it, if you can give it that anarchic, anarchic is it an, an, anarchy, I C, how's that <laughs> word pronounced? You know that spirit. We need that today, and I think that if this was good, I think people would flock to this. It has to be better than something like Coming to America, the sequel to Coming Whoa, to America. Don't remind me. Can't do that. You got to make sure that this is. This has
0: got to be good. I'm thinking this movie makes 125 million total tops. I think you're underestimating. So. I hope so, because I, I do think it can be good. I do think it can be good. I, I really think it's far if too late. If this
2: movie's really funny, if they make this movie and it's really funny, it could make a
0: lot of money. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I hope I'm wrong on that one. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this story? Uh, Let's start beginning. Number one, are you interested in at all? If it's not Michael Keaton, if it is, what do you think? Will this movie actually get made? If so, can it actually be successful? Whatever you guys are feeling about it right now, jump down to the comment section below and leave us your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic
3: number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? Topic four is from James Morgans. I was wondering if you saw the news that Patrick Stewart is now confirming that it is him in the Doctor, Two strain, uh, Doctor Strange 2 trailer. Wow, just was very dyslexic there for a moment. I know most of us have been assuming it's him, but we haven't had official confirmation. So with it now being official, do you think he is, as we all assume, playing Professor X, or do you think it's possible it's a bit of a misdirect and he could be playing another character altogether?
0: All right. Thanks for saying that in, James. Appreciate that. And yeah, look, of course, when that Doctor Strange 2 trailer came out, everybody was all excited. We clearly heard the voice. We should tell them the truth, right? And that that's Patrick Stewart's voice. We saw the little bit half silhouette from behind of the head. And we all knew it was Patrick Stewart. That being said, it was not officially Patrick Stewart. And whereas Patrick Stewart gave a very tongue in cheek kind of answer. It's like, what are you talking about? I was at home in England. How could I have possibly been in that commercial, right? While he gave a little bit of a tongue in cheek answer, the reality was there was no official confirmation from anybody. It could have been somebody that sounded like him. Hell, as some people even suggested, it might have been a misdirect. Somebody actually wrote into the show and said, what if Patrick Stewart's not in this at all? And they just took a sound clip from his voice as a big misdirect in it. And hey, listen. With the amount of lying and misdirecting and Andrew Garfieldisms and all that kind of stuff, it's not the craziest thing for somebody to suggest. Although the vast majority of us still believed, oh yeah, that was Patrick Stewart. And it's going to be Patrick Stewart. Well, yes. It is now official. Patrick Stewart has finally himself actually confirmed that it is him and he is in Doctor Strange 2 The Multiverse of Madness. This comes to us from CBR, who writes the following Stewart was asked about the recent Multiverse of Madness trailer. Well, I had my phone turned off as it happened, so I didn't hear anything he said. It wasn't until the next morning when I woke up and looked at my phone and found that I had been bombarded with responses and that my PR people had sent me reactions uh, that they had detailed and passed on to me. I actually didn't recognize my own voice. It sounded different. Whether I had a cold or something at the time, I don't know. But I was astonished, and all they saw was the back of my shoulder and I think my earlobe. Nothing else. Uh, There would have been so many connections made, but uh, it pleased me. So there we have Patrick Stewart confirming, yeah, maybe I had a cold that day or whatever, but uh, it pleased me. He's now confirming he's there. Let's address the one question so we don't have to touch it again. Um, Is he playing Professor X? He's playing Professor X. There is zero doubt that he is playing now what version of Professor Charles Xavier, who knows? That's up for discussion, and it's up for debate. But he is playing some version of Professor Charles Xavier. I don't think anybody questions that, I don't think anybody really denies that. So that's there. Rob, in today's age of misdirects and misinformation and all this kind of stuff, now that we actually have Patrick Stewart confirming and saying, yes, it's me, yes, I'm in this movie, and we know he's there. How do you feel about his presence in the movie now that is 100% confirmed fact? How do you feel about his presence in the movie, and, and what sorts of role do you think we could see him playing in a Doctor Strange 2?
2: Well, I'm not going to lie and tell you, uh, I think this is very exciting. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I love the X-Men, John. Uh, the X-Men, to me, the comic book iteration of the X-Men are kind of what, what I think about Star Trek. I think about the X-Men in the comic realm. And, you know, I I read the X-Men for 30 years. Um, I love this idea. I love that it is the multiverse. They've already introduced the multiverse in in, uh, No Way Home. I think it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, in the comics, uh, Professor X, has, as I've told you, I sent you some comic panels.
0: Which were amazing. Over my birthday weekend. Rob, my my phone just keeps going off every like couple times a day. Ding, 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 and it's Rob sending me like images
2: of of panels that were so good. Yeah, I, I was I was reading Avengers Disassembled, and in Avengers Disassembled, Doctor Str- they deal with Wanda's kids. They deal with Doctor Strange who actually delivered her kids, and what chaos magic does, and she made it so. It's. It doesn't. I don't. They know were how, great.
0: They were great. By the way, everything you sent me was so good. Yeah,
2: and you're reading this, and they've they've completely laid out. Now I don't know, and I don't think we we don't for for what we know. I can't draw the line between what what we what you know in Avengers Disassembled that sets up all of Wanda and her kids. The multiverse is not a part of that story, right? So what happened in WandaVision is all been all been detailed in the comics, but they figured out as they do with the Marvel movies, they're doing something different that I don't know how it's all going to work. I do think I know what the end game to all of this is, and it has to do with Wanda and it has to do with the X-Men. And I think that we're going to see, I mean, obviously, Wanda Maximoff is a mutant. Patrick, uh, Patrick, Xavier. <laughs> Patrick Charles, Xavier, Charles Xavier is a mutant. The question that we all have is how are they going to bring mutants into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I would maintain they've been here all the time. We just didn't know it. Wanda Maximoff's mutant. Charles Xavier is a mutant. There's going to be mutant shenanigans in this movie. And Charles Xavier, remember, we've got one of the most powerful mutants in all of comicdom in Wanda Maximoff. And we have one of the other most
0: powerful mutants, Charles Xavier. I think stuff's going to go down, man. Just just to be clear, though. They have nobody has said that Wanda Maximoff is a mutant in this. This is all no. stuff that we're. This is we're all speculation yeah, yeah, based yeah, yeah. on what I
2: what I sent you. Just to be clear, yeah.
0: Just to be clear, this
2: is all a major speculation, and more than ever before, going back and reading Avengers Disassembled and then reading House of M, I am more convinced than ever. And the fact that Charles Xavier is here and Wanda Maximoff is here, and everything that Doctor Strange did in relation to Wanda Maximoff and her kids, right. I'm convinced more than ever that that's what this all is leading up to, the introduction of uh, mutants in the MCU,
0: even though we've had one in plain sight the whole time. Because the story, for people who don't know, the story of Avengers Disassembled, which is really one, you it's a terrible title for the story, by the way, but is really one you should read because it sets up this pivotal moment that happens in there. And it's the whole thing that leads up to that. There's a lot of philosophical debates and arguments, a lot of ethical discussions morality issues all these kind of things that come to a head that all kind of revolve around wanda yeah and what do you do about wanda we don't talk about bruno like we like and all that kind of stuff it's, yeah, and it's a powerful power i'll tell experience. you basically
2: you know wanda ends up she goes around the bend she's crazy she attacks the avengers she goes out of her mind and at the end of the story magneto her father yep comes down from the sky and takes her away rescues her now John, John, <laughs> what if after all these shenanigans happen and whatever happened, Wanda's a broken child, the multiverse is put back together, and whatever happens, what if this movie ends like Avengers Disassembled did instead of, but this time we've got the multiverse. What if Magneto himself, in whatever iteration, comes down and gets the deeply wounded Wanda. That's the end of the film. The end of the film is the smoke is settling. Wanda's, much. she's like crying, you know, her mind is, (laughs) Doctor Strange is, save the universe. And what if that's the last image? We see Magneto come gathering up his daughter and saying, we can help her now and taking her away.
0: I mean, it would be very comic accurate but, but to, it's not the direction either you or I think this is going cuz you and I have both kind of bought into the theory Yeah, that yeah but, but we're going to find out the no more mutants moment was actually a moment in history. Now they might Yeah but what I'm saying is that, yeah. that
2: the, the you know the indication is where we sitting around going well it's you know like in the in, in in Infinity War when Thanos snaps his finger at first nothing's going on nothing happens and then we see people start Slowly to disintegrate yeah. So what if what if all the shenanigans the multiverse shenanigans happens dr strange puts everything together and whatever happens in the movie happens and the climax of the movie ends and we're all looking around going well what now you know and 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 everyone's looking up wondering and you just hear the fluttering of a cape and that the indication it's just magneto i mean i think it's gonna be dr strange frankly who picks her up and takes her off but if they had magneto and that's how they tell you the world of mutants is here they're just not gonna and now we go to Thor love and thunder we're going out into space when do we get back to the it's going to be a while then we're going to go back to Wakanda and where do you know maybe in Wakanda if you introduce Magneto and you have Magneto come down from the sky right then we go into space and then in Wakanda who's in Wakanda storm storms in Wakanda
0: yeah, I don't think they're doing that.
2: Uh, I'm
0: <laughs> telling you, dude, they're not And that's yeah. what they but they're showing you
2: that there are mutants in the Marvel. Universe. You know, dude, I'm telling you, I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills. Well, it, I it don't all this
0: de- can happen. It all depends on what they decide to I I can't see them like we discussed the other day about the possibility of Magneto being introduced in Doctor Strange 2. And and I think listen, if as long as Professor Charles Xavier is there, that's what I'm saying. The door is absolutely open to that. I I just don't think narratively that's how it would kind of unfold. And I think this movie is going to come to a more definitive end than some. I don't think that they're going to leave it on a big open chapter, but it but, would be interesting to see. But the see. thing is,
2: we'll know they'll, they'll, in the course of the movie, if they're really going to bring it, open up the door for mutants, we'll know. But it'd be like, okay, the old, we wouldn't know because you're standing wherever you're standing. Like, you know, you might be in the field in Arkansas somewhere. And in New York, you know that mutants are in New York, and you know that mutants are in L.A., but in a field in Arkansas, you're not going to know. But if Magneto comes out, and it could be a new actor, whoever they've cast as Magneto with his white hair, well, see, this classic is a, Magneto coming down. This
0: is an advantage they have, because a lot of times in comic book movies, you can't pull something like that off because it will mean nothing to the audience. This is a situation where even the general movie-going audience knows very well who Magneto is because we've had decades of these movies, right? So that is an advantage that it would have here that you literally could have that coming down because what you don't want to do narratively is have some profound moment that 5% of the audience are going to get and understand. I mean, yeah, the, the post credit scene in Eternals, when you have Thanos's brother show up you know, totally, you know, you know, that's not cuts. an important thing. It's just, oh, you can ask who that is. But if you're going to have somebody descending out of the sky and picking up Wanda Maxima, that, that's going to be something that
2: means something to the audience. Magneto would work. Saying it's my daughter. Yes. You know, because you hear all that. And I'll tell you, then you go to Thor, Love, and Thunder. And then if you, in Wakanda Forever, they introduce Storm as a mutant in Wakanda. Uh, like they introduced T'Challa in Civil War which is another indication that mutants are have always been here we just haven't seen them and she might be involved in internal Wakandan politics but well, look remember I found something out John Yeah I about, know like, like, you gotta be careful I mean
0: Aurora yeah. she's more connected to T'Challa if T'Challa's not going to be there I don't see any reason to connect Storm to to uh I would say this Wakanda
2: it, Storm is connected to T'Challa but who would she also be connected to? Who who might be her best friend? Sheri. Shiri? Shuri? There were never there were never mutants around because we've seen a, a world without mutants. But now, if Storm is and I, by the way, I don't know this you know to be a fact. not Wakanda. right? But she yeah. could be in. I mean, sure. In this new universe, she was always there. She was always, uh, you okay. know.
0: Okay. We got we got to move over here because I need great. to hear from Chris on I'm just this. Saying. 'Cause we've we've been uh, leaving Chris out uh, of this. By the way, soft, conversation I don't here. want people to think Robert I Burnett no, 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 no. said I'm making I'm I'm Oh, I'm
3: gonna tweet today. Pure speculation. And Robert Meyer Burnett said this, though.
0: So. so you're seeing this. Patrick Stewart's now confirming he's there. <laughs> so now that we know that's oh, a yeah, sure that's thing, what you're talking about. how does it change your perspective on on his present there? And <laughs> and and what do you think that could mean for this story? you know, as we go into it.
3: I mean, stay in the course on the things we've talked about. I think we're going to see the Illuminati. I think he's going to be part of that panel. I think that we're going to see all these different figureheads from the various multiverses coming together, trying to figure out the Wanda problem, right? How do you solve a problem like Wanda Maximoff? So it's all more the same of what y'all are saying and what we've been saying on this show, right? Professor X is there to figure out what the deal is with, Mon- with Wanda because she is at the core of all of these different problems in every single universe. Yeah. And I think he's just going, he's just solidifying that that's where this is going.
2: By the way, can I throw another thing out? Is, isn't is the reported villain of, of Wakanda Forever Namor?
0: Is it? Is it Namor?
3: Is it, is it, it really? It,
2: well, I Namor's Namor Namor so a
3: mute. By a mu-
0: reported, if you mean some sites say, I, I don't right. believe it, but you never I know. Don't, but if he
2: is... Namor's a mutant. So <laughs> Namor hasn't been around, you know, and in and, and, and the, what they solve that problem and suddenly Namor's back reality set and Namor's problem with Wakanda, because in the comics, he flooded Wakanda at one point. So that would make sense, too. And that would even that would bolster the idea that maybe Storm would
0: show up. I think you've taken a thread here and gone in a million <laughs> <laughs> different Admittedly, I have. Admittedly, and I, I have. I think it's great. And that means Chick Fil A will have a special on Tuesdays. <laughs> um, you never know. But hey, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this, Patrick Stewart? If there was any question, which I don't really think there was a lot, but I if got you myself did have any sweaty, question about whether or not you know what we heard and saw in that Doctor Strange, uh, Doctor Strange Two trailer might be a little bit of misdirect patrick Stewart's now put it to rest yes that is me i'm in this how do you guys feel about that jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts okay guys with that down let's move into main topic number five
3: chris what is our fifth main topic today it's from bobby harris hey john it's game day it's game day game day day. super (laughs) bummed to see the batman tonight i'm curious to know your most anticipated questions heading into the movie for me, it's one, what is the mystery in the film? Two, how will the mystery change the Batman at the end of the film? Three, what is the underlying message that Matt Reeves is trying to make with this film? Thanks and bring on the filthy.
0: All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, Bobby. And it is game day. It's been a day long awaited. It shall be a day long remembered. I have been looking forward to this movie. I mean, granted, it's been a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. I'm not gonna lie to you. Because at first, this was going to be a Ben Affleck vehicle. And what I wanted more than anything in the world was Ben Affleck starring in, writing and directing his own Batman film. And, you know, found out with great heartbreak and sadness, the tearing of sackcloth and weeping and spreading of ashes on our heads, that we found out that Ben Affleck was not going to be it. And you know what? He is what I wanted. But if it couldn't be him, we have said this whole time, Matt Reeves is as good a replacement as any. If it can't be Ben, might as well be Matt. Matt Reeves has shown himself to be a creative, inventive, and imaginative director. And I think he can bring a lot of stuff to the Batman. So for a long time, the Batman has been my number one most anticipated film of the year. You only get to see your number one most anticipated film of the year once a year. (laughs) Tonight is that night. I am so excited for it through everything that we've had to get through to get to this point. It all comes to a head tonight. I'm incredibly excited. What are the questions, though? That we're bringing in with us tonight. What are the things that I'm most looking forward to in going into seeing this movie? Well, I would say this. Uh, you know, I, I take no expectations into any movie. I, I take whatever expectations, thoughts, speculation, everything, and I leave it at the door of a theater when I go in. I just say, show me what you're going to show me. And that's what I'm going to do tonight. But before I walk through those doors, what what is at the forefront of my mind here? All right, so here are the questions that I have going in. Number one, I want to learn what the new origin of this Batman is. Now we're clearly not going to see mon Pa, Wayne getting shot down, and th- we already know all that. But you know, every iteration of Batman has had a little bit of a different path that brought him to this point. We know from the prequel novel and comic that he's got a little bit of a different. Path to this point than other iterations Have given us so I'm curious to see if they're Going to expound on that a little bit give us a little bit More light on that a few more details on it Or if they avoid that all together say nah, what well, That's in the past this is where Batman Is right now so that's interesting number Two I like everybody else the trailers Have been getting us to ask the question What is the connection between Riddler and Batman I mean that's what the Trailers have all been about you're Really not as smart as I thought you were I mean that was so Good so what is that connection between them? How, how, how is that going to be settled? I'm dying to, to see this thriller of a murder mystery. And that leads into the third thing I'm wondering. Is this the, the murder thriller, the serial killer thriller in the 90s vein that I think it's going to be? Maybe it will be, maybe it won't be. I'm dying to see the action. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't need this to be a traditional pop, boom, bow kind of comic book movie I need a fight sequence every 15 minutes. I don't. But I'm curious to see what action sequences there are, the set pieces are going to be in there, and how they're going to be all set up. But my biggest question, honestly, is going to be, where does this end? Like, where does our Batman end up by the end of this film? Where is he at? Is he a little more seasoned? Is he? Do we see him take on new outlooks on life or personal philosophies that we kind of know about the Batman in other iterations, but maybe we see them brought in here Maybe he kills a fool and decides, that felt yucky, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I mean, maybe yes, maybe no, I don't know. But these are the questions that I have going into it. But more importantly, most importantly, I am dying to see how Robert Pattinson is making, is going to make this character his own. Every actor who has played this role, from Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Christian Bale... Everybody has had their own unique DNA of what their Batman was. And what I'm really curious to see is what approach is Robert Pattinson going to take to making this Batman his own. And that's what I'm really, really excited about. Also, Zoe Kravitz's performance, I'm dying to see Jeffrey Wright's performance, see how he comes across. But Paul Dano... I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for the fact, I've said it many times, if it wasn't for the fact that the greatest of all time, the goat of goats, if we didn't have the greatest of all time in There Will Be Blood with Paul Dano, Paul Dano's performance in There Will Be Blood would be talked about a lot more because he was absolutely brilliant in that. And so these are the things I'm going into it with. Rob, Tonight's the night. We're seeing Batman tonight. Tonight's the night. Which by the way, everybody, make sure you keep your eyes on our YouTube channel because we're gonna be putting our right out of the theater reaction as we come out of the theater with us. Keep your eyes guys, open for that. So Rob, you're heading into it tonight. And when we walk through those doors tonight, what are the big things you're looking for and the questions <clears throat> you have and what things are you looking forward to see the most?
2: Overall, the story. The idea that this is a three hour Batman that I think, in my, at least I hope, We're going to see a real epic look at the corruption at a city's core. We're going to see it from different perspectives, not just Batman's perspective, but the perspective of Commissioner Gordon. I don't know what Catwoman's agenda is, but clearly she's not all goody two shoes in this. There's something she wants, I'm sure. Why is Paul Dano doing what he's doing? What does all this have to say about us today, the audience in the modern age? I think we're going to be getting all that. I expect this to me, to be in my mind, to be the most intellectual, the most insightful, the darkest, the scariest, perhaps the most brutal and yet, well, just the most epic Batman we've ever, we've ever been given. I mean, I know that's I'm not looking for very much from this movie, John. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I look, dude, my, no my, pressure. No my pressure. expectations for this, I feel like a parent that knows his kid can win Olympic gold and I'm i am either going to, they're either going to fall in the middle of a giant slalom or whatever, and I'm going to be disappointed or I'm going to walk out of the theater elated. There's going to be no middle ground for me. Unless there is.
3: You're, you're the Batman stage mother? I am the Batman
2: stage mother.
3: That's exactly right. you don't deliver, sweetie, I'm going to be so disappointed. Oh, man,
2: that is me. That is me. It's like, this is a really, ver- the most obscure reference in the world. But in 1980s fame, one of the characters' names is Doris Finsucker, and she has the ultimate stage mother. I'm Doris Finsucker's mother going into this movie. Fame.
0: Oh, did you brought it up? Not a lot of fame yeah. references these days. No,
2: yeah. and, and that's that's a forty two year old movie reference.
1: I'm telling you, yeah.
2: Hot Lunch Jam. If you guys haven't seen the original movie Fame, you're missing out. They turned it into a TV series too. Didn't they did. They, they sure did. did. Like two different TV series. Yeah. They re- rebooted it. I did they, sure
3: anyway, <laughs> they sure tried. Anyway, they sure tried. The
0: TV show was good. Chris,
2: wow, you're
0: heading into Batman you're with young. us tonight. <laughs> What are you, what are the questions you have you're bringing into it? What are you looking forward to seeing how they
3: resolve? What's on your mind going into these I mean, My biggest question is, please, is this going to be good since we're seeing it twice this week? Um, <laughs> but I'm ready for it. I've got my killing joke jacket on. I'm all hyped for it. I really want to know what the Riddler's deal is. I want to understand this dynamic between Catwoman and the Bat, too. You know, they're very, very flirty. They're very, very, will they won't they. But there also seems to be some tension there, too. Are they fighting on the same side? Are they against each other? What's going on? Um, I really, really want to see Jeffrey Wright. I'm so excited for his Commissioner Gordon. I just, I love that man's voice so much. I, he was my favorite part of The French Dispatch, too. And I really just, I want more people to see him and not just do, oh, there's that actor I know. There's that actor's voice who I recognize. I want everyone to know Jeffrey Rush Jeffrey Wright. I want them to know that name. Um, and yeah, I just want to know about Riddler and his latte art. His why is he, latte why art. is he hanging out in diners? Why is he so grumpy? What's going on? Um,
0: and then, of course, one of the big questions a lot of people have been bringing up and asking is, are they going to hint at future... <laughs> batman villains oh absolutely. because of course remember at the end of batman we just did our movie club of batman begins and we all remember how that one ends commissioner gordon batman on a rooftop for instance there's this new guy he brings out the joker calling card I'll oh, look into it and then he's going to look into it do we get some kind of tease about uh, maybe I mean, God forbid, a Mister Freeze. Do we get some <gasps>
3: kind of tease? About- God forbid! If you do it right, that's such a compelling story. Well, Matt Reeves has
0: been talking about
2: that.
3: <gasps> in yes, yes.
1: Oh, I mean, don't forget, you got Penguin in there too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we got which is spinning off into yeah. its own HBO, uh, Falcone HBO Falcone
0: and all
2: that. Mm-hmm. We're totally going to get some tease.
0: Of course, the of but the time. one yeah. that everybody wants to know about is: Are they going to tease Joker? No. Mm-hmm. On some, you don't think they're going to give any Joker tease? I don't tease? think
3: they're going to do that this early. Especially because I mean, Joaquin's movie was is pretty fresh still, yeah. and even though that's its own separate entity, right? I don't think they're going to bring the Joker into the mix this soon. I would love Mr. Freeze. Totally you think they will?
2: Somehow, I mean, they're going to plant some seed somewhere. Whether that seed will sprout, I don't know, but we're going to know it's yeah. planted.
0: There are some people who think that. Uh, uh... Kogan, I always mispronounce, I can't know his name, Druig from Eternals. True. yeah. <gasps> oh, that mm-hmm. some people think he might be a Joker character. That we might find out, go into this movie and find out he's a Joker character. Which
3: I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad towards, about
0: that. I'm leaning towards what you're saying because they did it in Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Would they just carbon copy that and do it again here? Would they do the exact same thing that Batman Begins did by yeah. ending with a Joker tease? I don't think they will. Now we're going to know about nine hours from now, yeah. for sure, w- whether that's the case or not. But I'm going to go no. But you think there's a chance they do tease Joker? I think they're yes. I mean, we've got Catwoman, Riddler, we've got
2: Falcone, we've got we've got uh, so many other references.
0: Why wouldn't they? I know they did it joker i I just think they're going to take more time getting a joker again they did the exact same thing in batman begins they do the movie do the movie do the movie and with a joker tease at the end do they really do that again here yes oh yes
2: i think they do i mean i we've got so we've got we've got the
0: pantheon i mean
2: why wouldn't they
0: I, for the reasons I already said, I, I think it just—it would look I mean, too much like they're just trying to follow the same blueprint. But the speed, it, it might
2: not be as obvious. It might be a small something. I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah. I, I mean, look. All I'm saying is, I don't think they end with. Yeah, with Jeffrey right. I mean, now you got me I wanting to say
3: Jeffrey Rush again. I know, yeah. I kept screwing it up. I, I was like, no, his to... name, and I didn't even say it right. Well, we're
0: it's... glad you're here, Batman.
2: Wait, mm-hmm. wait till they get a load of B. We're not, not going to have a little... You know, yeah. it's not going to be that.
0: A guy with uh, j- clown makeup is running around town, Batman. What are we going to do? Like, I, I don't know. I just don't think that'll happen, but maybe some kind of an Easter egg drop, maybe halfway something. through
1: the movie or something yeah. like that. That could be a possibility. I think they're going to save the Joker thing for further down the line. I think he's going to start from the, you know, below Joker and work his way up. I mean, the real question is, will this movie be a one-off? That's what I was asking at first, but you guys told me that now it's not, right? Well, I mean, like, what we do know is that Pattinson did sign a multi-film deal. Sure. So they
0: clearly weren't going into it with the mindset that this is a one-shot movie, period. So they're clearly, like, obviously if this thing is a big success they want to so they signed into a multi-film deal so it's all going to be about the box office on this one i think they'd want to turn it into its own separate franchise but the question is will it make enough money to do it and i don't know about that like i think it's going to have a big opening weekend but i don't know what the long-term buy i mean this is a three-hour movie so i mean i don't know how many people with a dark remember it's a three-hour movie that's not a light fun movie it's a dark intense gritty three hours and are people going to go back time after time after time to see a three hour deep dark and gritty movie and i'm not saying they're not i'm just saying i don't know the answer to that question yet so i don't know rob what do you think do you think is this the type of material that people will rush back to again and again and again and again
2: well it's it's you know it's not a a mirth filled comedic romp that's going to put a smile on everyone's face i don't think um but uh, you know i think people it doesn't matter whether a story is light dark or somewhere in the middle if it's a great compelling narrative people will go see it
0: but will they go back again because i tell you what like, this is an extreme example i've never been able to watch schindler's list again it's i mean it's brilliant one of the most brilliant movies ever made i have not been able to watch it again now, i'm not saying schindler's list is batman that's an extreme example but i'm just wondering if, if that's the kind of movie that people can think is great but I maybe you may not want to go back i think to it's again. a good
2: point i mean although you still got batman Reckon dudes i mean yep. it's still gonna have it's still gonna be a batman movie and there's yep. gonna be you got catwoman you got penguin you got commissioner gordon you've got falcone we're still gonna get that juicy batman goodness i mean if you think back to Frank Miller's Batman, when he was writing Dark Knight Returns, that was dark, 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 and even year one. And I read those comics 30
1: times each. You know, John, the most important part, I think, of this movie for me that that dreads like three-hour movies is The Riddler like right. if he's compelling if he's interesting just yeah. like the joker was in the That's a
0: great point. Then
1: I I watched that movie the second uh what was it the dark knight Dark Knight yeah twice in theater and that's a long movie mm-hmm. but it was because the villain was so compelling like it I know everything like most of everything about Batman already like I know what he's 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 capable of doing um this- boxers or briefs yeah <laughs> no not <laughs> I'm, just saying. I'm just saying but if the riddler is 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 uh, you know it's interesting then uh, of course like i'll go back to see it just for that villain i mean if this is batman's like first big detective case the riddler is like up there of mental yeah. warfare and all that stuff if he could solve his case anyone else after him is gonna be a cake. Well, I think you raise a good point because Rob, you're benching out,
0: like Batman is still gonna be wrecking fools. We're gonna get that. So we know the Batman part of it is gonna be infinitely rewatchable. I think you raise a good point, right? The question is gonna be, is Riddler gonna become infinitely rewatchable? That, that'll that kind of become the case. Now we're obviously gonna see it twice in the next couple of days. I think a lot of people already have multiple viewings booked for this weekend. The question is, will it have legs? We don't know. Big question for you guys. What do you think about this? Do you have some questions right at the front of your head? Do you have some burning questions in your head that you are most looking forward to having answered going into the Batman either tonight if you're one of the 100,000 people going to go see it tonight or this coming weekend? Whatever those are, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Hey, guys, we want to take a second and thank one of the sponsors of today's videos, Wondery's podcast. Badlands. Most of us have accepted that celebrities and stars live by a different set of rules, a more relaxed rules. At times, they even seem to get away with murder, and some literally do. On the Badlands podcast, listen to the real-life stories of A-listers whose crimes and career lows are as unbelievable as some of their film's plot twists. On this season, they look at Heath Ledger's spiral into darkness and his final days. They'll also cover Brittany Murphy's mysterious, unusual death and Jack Nicholson's proclivity to fits of rage. Also, did you know that America's dad, Tim Allen, the man who played Santa Claus, he got his comedy start in a Minnesota prison? For all that and more, listen to Badlands, a true crime podcast that dives deep into the stories of the famous at their most infamous. You guys know I love stories, but I also love the stories behind the stories and And that's why you guys should listen to this. You're going to love Badlands. Get new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts or binge all of season three ad free right now, only on Amazon music. And thank you to Badlands for being one of the sponsors of today's episode of the John campus show. Go and check out the podcast. You can find the link down below. All right, guys with that down, let's now move on and start taking your live comments and questions, seeing about the things you guys want to talk about here and the things you have to say so, Chris, get us going here. What are people wanting to talk about?
3: Well, our first one is from Tick, Tick.
0: Boom. Oh, there it is.
3: <laughs> Hi, John. Love the show. I, I wanted to hear yours and Rob's thoughts on the new The Boys Diabolical animated series coming this Friday.
0: Looks Thank like you. absolute shit. I'm not going to lie. I thought the trailer was terrible. I love everything The Boys. I was looking forward to this one. I heard about it in theory. I thought the trailer looked like trash. Not going to lie. But it is Titmouse, right? Yeah. yes
2: so you know what i've liked a lot of their and, and snap worked a lot i with know yeah. uh, metal eclipse and all that and I, i'm hoping that the folks at titmouse really knock it out of the park but like you i was underwhelmed by the trailer and
0: hey we've all seen trailers we've been underwhelmed by that we've then liked what the product is but i'm not gonna Hey, the job of a trailer is to increase your enthusiasm for something it bottomed my out like i almost lost any Interest in watching the show. I do now. want it to be good. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope, hope it's great. eternal. I want everything about the boys to be great. All right, what's next?
3: Cutter Hale. Game day. It's finally the day. Can't wait to see Batman tonight. Me and my friends are super pumped, but the theater we're going to doesn't have reserved seats, so I'm showing up an hour early. What kind wow. of backward
0: Neanderthalic Stone Age world do we live in? That's just, that's chaos. That there are still movie theaters without pre-assigned seating. It is the dark times. <laughs> It is the dark ages. What is this nonsense? We're going to go back to the days where, well, I
3: better get there and be alive three hours before the movie starts or else I'm going to have to sit in the front row. Like, who lives like that? Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria.
0: Living in your own squalor
2: and filth? That's ridiculous. Or maybe the theater was trying to build up that sense of chaos to, you know, like you just mentioned the word chaos, (laughs) to create in the audience that chaotic sense of being not knowing where you're at. Maybe they did that on purpose.
0: Well, it's a pretty stupid thing a- for them to do. the experience. They should have the eggs thrown at their house. By the way, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not endorsing that in any real sense. I mean, metaphorically. They uh, no, have I- eggs thrown at their houses.
2: I'm with you, John. I mean, I got to tell you, reserve seating added 10 years to my life because the stress I used to feel about getting in line early enough to get the right seats, that's all been alleviated.
0: Yeah, thank goodness. All right, what's next?
3: HUT359, this is one of two, and a $49.99 Super Chat. Wow, thank, thank you, Hut359. John Maboa Ubisha Olaspont Jeesh. What? I don't know what that is.
0: Back pleasure.
3: Uh, been a fan of yours since the AMC closet days. Thank you, man. And a fan of Rob since I discovered Free Enterprise and got an MP3 of the unreleased soundtrack clip satellite from him back in the old IMDB forum. All uh, right. Oh, oh wow.
2: Yes, I well, thank you.
3: Oh, um, and is there a part oh, two? I've been recovering from a serious medical issue, not the Rona, but still almost took me out, which lost me most of 2020, and I still can't venture out to the movies yet. <laughs> keep up the great work, and are, as always, keep bringing the filthy.
0: Oh, well, oh listen, Hud, first of all, thank Be you so better. much for supporting us on that level. And listen, dude, we will try as much as we can to vicariously allow you to live the movie excitement. Uh, through us until you're able to get back out there and take your rightful place of enjoying it in your throne in that movie theater and enjoying these movies with us and glad whatever it is your condition was in 2020 that kind of ruined that year for you glad to see you came out on the other side of it and uh, yeah, we, so we will communicate to you as much as we can about The Batman, about everything else that comes along. So thank you for being a, here and being a part of this. And Rob, what's this, uh, what's this satellite MP3 he's well, referring to Well, so here?
2: I produced a free enterprise soundtrack album that was released by Network America, but the love theme that was done by Lauren Christie that plays over the end credits was done late in the process. So it's not on the soundtrack. And I probably get inquiries two or three times a year i've looked everywhere for this song is and when people find me online they're like how can i get it and then i always make sure that i'm like well you're in luck and i i send people the soundtrack so over the years in the in the 23 years now that it has been since the movie has come out whenever somebody finds me and asks for that song i send it to them that's By the way, very cool. the soundtrack of, to Free Enterprise is available on Spotify. Unfortunately, Satellite is not there, and I want to put it there, but the secret William Shatner track is there.
0: Well, there you Ooh. go. All right, uh, what's next? I think we got one from Andrew
3: Andy. Um Oh, I've got Andy, but we'll go over here. Well, I Andy. think it was
0: below Hut H- 359.
3: Oh, there we go uh it's game, day, game, a- day. game, game day. day taking my brother and cousin to the movie tonight with the full soundtrack out now which track is your favorite bring on the filthy
0: gonna not gonna lie to you after that first one not listen to any of the rest i want to i want to hear it for the first time and associate it with the movie now, if we were going to be making topics of, uh, of it on the show, I would have listened to it for sure. But since we weren't, I thought, you know what? I want to hear this music for the first time in the context yeah. of the movie. Because I, what I don't want to do is hear music and then create scenarios in my head about, oh, this is what that movie's going to be playing to, and then have it be something else. So I haven't. Rob, have you listened to the full soundtrack I've listened to five tracks,
2: and the last track I listened to was Bat in the Rafters. I think that's... A, Michael Giacchino, his, his track titles are always pretty funny. So I think it was Bat in the Rafters. That was the last track I listened to. All right, what's next? And the soundtrack's great.
3: Uh, Now, Andy, one of three. I took my sister to watch Batman vs. Superman when it released on her 13th birthday almost six years ago. Nice. Now we're going to see the Batman today on my birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Andy. That's awesome. There are no words for my enthusiasm right now because Batman is my all-time favorite character. As for my birthday weekend, I don't know what to look forward to more, the fan screening on Friday with the Campia crew or the strip club. (laughs) We're better than strippers. Either way, I plan on bringing on the filthy to both. Well, Just in a different way, I hope. Please don't Please don't throw like glitter at us. <laughs> yeah, happy
0: well, happy birthday to you, Andy. <laughs> I hope you have a great one. And first, that is very cool that you took your sister to go see uh, BBS. Yeah. Uh, I hope when, you're not we, taking a sister to the strip club. Same. Though. I also hope very much you're not taking your sister to the strip club. That, that, that would, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but.
2: Unless she's a good wingman.
0: The, the whole <laughs> idea. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the whole notion, though, uh, of, about like. It's so cool as movie fans that when movies like this come out, they mark mileposts for us, right? Like we all remember when Endgame came out. We all remember when Lord of the Rings came out. We all remember when, you know, it's it's movies like this that kind of become big markers and we associate them with birthdays or whatever, or the people that we're with, it's amazing. And anyway, Andy, I hope you have a great time for not just that part of your birthday, but your whole birthday, whatever it is you choose to do with your adult self. Uh, you have a great time, and let's all hope the movie's gonna be great for all of us. All right, what's next?
3: Facility Guy. There is an eight-minute countdown for IMAX sneaks tonight. Our theater will have 1120 screens showing Batman starting Thursday?
0: I don't, what does that mean? you? I don't know. There's an eight-minute countdown for IMAX sneaks tonight. I don't know what that means. Is he saying like the IMAX is going to have literally a giant clock counting down? I
3: Maybe. Yeah, I'm I don't not know.
0: really sure. Right. Okay, well, anyway, hope you have a great time at a facility guy. I love the username, by the way. All right, what's next?
3: Ryan Trabuco, who sends in a $20 super chat. Happy Tuesday. Variety reports that Encanto's soundtrack is number one on the Billboard charts for a seventh week. Bruno is the number one song on Billboard for a fifth week. Lin-Manuel Miranda's music, Dominance, is quite impressive.
0: Listen, what this guy has been doing in, he's do, he's slowly dominating all of entertainment. Because he kind of became the king of Broadway and created, I mean, I don't know if since Cats, there's been a bigger, more talked about stage show that swept pop culture. I cannot remember the last time a stage show swept pop culture like Hamilton did. Since Cats? Cats was pretty much all over the place in pop Phantom? culture when that came out. Rent? But it was Phantom was before Cats, wasn't it? No, yeah, I thought
3: it was after. It wasn't no. after. Okay, yeah, it was well after.
0: there you go. Um, but I mean, but I I go out so far as to say nothing has swept pulp. There's never been a stage play. I don't think that swept pop culture like Hamilton did.
3: Probably
0: not. It kind of just dominated everything. And then he's shown he wasn't a one hit wonder. He translate. He's transferred that over to now kind of taking over movies. Then he's gonna say I'm gonna direct movies now. He did Tick so Tick good. Boom his music is permeating all over the place. I mean, this guy is the real deal. I can't wait to see what he does next. All right, what's next?
3: Casey Mack, today is game day. game day. Game day! I did see Uncharted last night, and overall, I enjoyed it. Might see Dog or Death on the Nile later today. Still undecided, but all that leads up to seeing the Batman tonight, baby.
0: Yeah, listen, uh, and by the way, we keep hearing from people that saw Uncharted and they liked it. I mean- Good for them. Every day, Ray Aura more
1: and more justified you know as the people's champ you know next time we go to a hot dog on a stick i'm going to teach <laughs> you guys how to eat your corn dogs with your mouth because <laughs> yeah. obviously what? obviously how you eat them obviously you guys watch the movie with something in your butt because that movie was fun <laughs> that movie I'm was gonna
0: fun teach you to eat corn dogs with your mouth <laughs> Is this like a whole
1: stick-up-our-ass
2: metaphor? Is that what it was kind of there?
1: <laughs> I was just saying, you can't, You know, I'll never know why you guys are so critical of the movie. It was just dumb fun, I think. But that's why uh, I'm
2: critical of it. I uh, don't like dumb fun. Oh, oh, well,
3: It just wasn't that fun for us. Oh. Yeah, well,
2: but,
0: hey, but, but we, but we keep hearing from a lot of people who yeah. did have a good time at it. And, and listen, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Do people have fun? Do people have a good time watching it? And if people did, that's great. And, you know, maybe the second one will make us more on board with it but it does work for everybody but it worked for a lot of people
1: i will say after raiders though last night i do know what you mean there is like a level oh there, yeah. there is That's a level there That's is a I level like. storytelling that that thing was missing and i get it now but we'll talk about it later yeah you oh you
2: know what though ray you just made me so happy hearing you say that that cogent analysis is what i live for
3: <laughs> all right what's next hey marcellus i keep hearing positive things about gotham city and how it's its own character again something we haven't seen in a batman movie for a long time
0: i mean listen even in the best of the batman films i've never really felt like they were able to like when you go back and read no man's land like Mm. you that that gave you such a sense of the real state of gotham and and the heartbeat of gotham and what makes gotham gotham And even in the best of Batman, I include Ben Affleck's iterations and Christian Bale's. I've never really felt that Gotham ever truly became an integral DNA part of what the movie was. Gotham was always just, it's a rough city. We live in a city with crime. It's never had taken on its own pulse, you know, and you're right. I keep hearing from people that Gotham is truly, it's not just the stage. It's a part of what this whole thing is about. Yeah, and if they do that, I'm going to be very, very happy. Have you heard anything on that level? Well, I mean, the
2: reviews have have commented on that, you know. And and one of the things that that's when I, when I heard what Greg Alba, Greg Alba described that film as as Chinatown as made by David Fincher, and so much of Chinatown was about Los Angeles, you know. And and if you think about David Fincher, seven fight club i mean he deals with society at large and i think that there's a lot of that from what i understand from the reviews in that uh about gotham in this movie and we're going to get us to see many iterations or many parts of the city i can't wait for, you know that's what i want to that's what i want for this as well and the fact that it's a detective story uh ultimately is what i find very intriguing all right what's next
3: blake 62 Odds, the Batman ends with the Batman standing over Dano's Riddler and says, I won't kill you, but I will drink your milkshake. Enjoy the movie tonight. Uh,
0: No. I I don't (laughs) think that's going to happen either. Here's a question. Does the Riddler survive this movie? Does he survive? I'm going to guess yes. And I'll tell you, not because of any, uh, you know, Batman no-kill rule or any nonsense like that. I think he survives because I do think they have longer term plans for this franchise. And I think they are going to want to start to build the villain pantheon. I think they're going to want to start to build his catalog of villains so that when you do go to Arkham, you do have the Riddlers in there and and whoever else is in there. So, so I, I think Riddler survives this. I don't think he dies.
1: You're wondering
2: about that. You know, here's the thing. If this, because it's more of a relentlessly realistic Batman and you know how I was describing like if Batman and Robin is one end of the spectrum that the Batman is at the other end of the spectrum right. I I think that he might die only because I don't think this is going to be the franchisee iteration of this character. I think that we'll see that more with michael keaton or whatever they do with batman in the future but i think this is going to be more relentlessly realistic and i think he's gonna to have to die maybe you think so but I again i i'm not basing this on anything that i know for a fact i'm just just by the tone alone if they keep that relentlessly realistic i just don't see that he's gonna and maybe i see him more like john doe in seven. That's how I uh, imagine this character is. He's Kevin Spacey in seven, and his plan is to die. That's part of his design.
0: All right. What's next?
3: ER's grandpa. Hi, John and co. This man was grumbling about producers, directors abandoning their films for frivolous reasons. I asked him his name Alan Smithy. Bring on the filthy.
0: That's the, uh, for those of you who don't know what, Al- Al- uh, what the name is, Alan Smithy is. That is a long standing Hollywood tradition. Yes,
2: It's a DGA. It's part of the Directors Guild of America. If a director wants to remove his name from the final film, such as, interestingly enough, the television cut of Dune that David Lynch, not the new Dune, but David Lynch's 84 Dune. David Lynch had his name taken off and put the name Alan Smithy. There's even a movie called uh, about that, Burn Hollywood Burn, which is all about the Alan Smitty uh, credit. So,
3: all right, what's next? Christoval: 50 Cent doing a DC movie. Meth and Man has a Marvel podcast. It's a good time to be a hip uh, hop and comic book fan.
0: I mean, look, the media has opened up. We used to talk about this a lot back in the day, but what YouTube really did, the, the big phrase that went around at the time as YouTube was really starting to take off, and I always stumble over my words here, but the democratization of media, because it used to be, And I remember when we started movie talk, this is amazing. It's like, we are doing a movie news show that is being broadcast around the entire world. And when we, not long before we started doing that, if you wanted to do that, you had to have a television network that would sign you and they had the infrastructure to do it. But you see more and more today, you know, media personalities crossing media boundaries, and going into different areas and starting podcasts and doing their own sorts of things. You were just telling us earlier today, Chris, about Jennifer Garner.
3: Oh, her fake cooking show. Her fake cooking yeah. show, on,
0: like on YouTube and it's stuff precious. like that. Like, you can do that now. And it's its still amazing. Like, as somebody who, when I got started as a film fan, that was impossible. You couldn't do it. But here we are. Well, also,
2: cool. I mean, hip hop, like the Wu-Tang Clan, their love of of samurai and asian martial arts films was all they were like total geeks in terms of their knowledge and they would incorporate that into their music and samples and all kinds of things so it it is crossing over
3: all right what's next blake 62 finished 1883 last night what a beautifully shot and told story i'm left wondering how it could have played out as a feature film you know what i have not watched
0: the finale yet but I absolutely believe it could have been done as a feature film, dude. I, I really, really, and maybe even a little bit more hard hitting, if they had done it. But did you check I,
2: out the film? I gotta say, Elizabeth started watching it. I I, I watched it. I mean, oh my! Like like, uh, it was one of those things where I didn't quite know what she was watching. I come in and there's I don't know what episode it's in, but it's when the when the the cattle rustlers are trying to take after the hurricane, and they're going to take all their cattle. And there's that like gunfight in the plains. Where there's no cover, that was awesome. And the 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 uh, Indian comes and just starts wrecking dudes with this tomahawk. I'm like, this shows the greatest thing ever. I love
0: it. Now, by the way, uh what's his name? The creator of the show? Why am I? Uh,
2: uh, Tyler Sheridan.
0: Tyler Sheridan was just quoted as saying that 1883 is absolutely a one and done show. That he has. Apparently he has no plans. He does not want to do it as, as a second season. So, But at least that's what he's saying right now. We'll find out. All right, what's next?
3: Elizabeth Herado, should I watch Seven before I watch the Batman? I've never seen it. Oh, you're so lucky. But I know it was a huge inspiration.
0: Well, first of all, Elizabeth, you should watch Seven. Yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> it's so good. You absolutely
0: should watch uh. Seven. Whether or not you need to for the purposes of going in and watching the Batman, we haven't seen the Batman yet. So so we can't answer. But I'm going to guess the answer to that question is no. But watch 7. Yeah, and
2: by the way, if you don't read, you you have the unique position in your life right now that you haven't seen 7. Don't read about it. Don't do any research. Go in cold. But remember, you're going to want to take a shower afterwards.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's next? All right t-bone t-bone happy belated birthday john thank you got my batman takes for friday row behind the handicap row my fave too it is it
0: absolutely is you just got the space you can stretch out it's a good spot in the theater it is i hope you have a great time at a t-bone i'm looking forward to seeing it myself too all right what's next
3: honey amen Greetings, John and crew from Cairo, Egypt. Hey, thanks for writing in, Hanny. It's Batman Day. Batman Day. Movie will open here tomorrow and tickets already secured.
0: Oh, that's a good thing because, you know, we were, let me bring this up too. Just a reminder that when they announced this special screening, like tonight, 350 theaters, it's not like it's in five. They sold out. I remember we talked about this story. They didn't sell out quick. They sold out what they refer to as instantly. They were sold out. Now, this is going to impact the opening weekend box office because the the ticket sales for tonight do not count towards opening weekend box office. They count towards their overall box office, but it doesn't count towards their opening weekend. And so you got 350 theaters worth of people that are seeing it now yeah. instead of opening weekend. So when I said before that I could see Batman doing 150 million opening weekend i want to just do a little bit of amending to that i'm going to say that that would if you include the numbers of the people who are going to go see it tonight so i think if you once you take opening weekend box office numbers and you add it to the people that are seeing it tonight i think you're going to come up to a total of 150 million so you're probably looking at i don't know 100 and, oh gosh i don't know maybe 140 opening weekend proper 135 140 I don't know. What do you think?
2: You know, I don't have a sense of it yet. It's hard because th- it? it's a long movie and how many shows they can get in. You know what I'm thinking also about our viewers, our viewer wrote in. One of my favorite things to do is when I go to foreign countries, go to the movie theaters in those countries to see what they're like. I was surprised when I was in Bulgaria back in 2008, how great the movie theaters were in Sofia. I would love to go to a movie theater in Cairo. what's an Egyptian movie theater like are they big do they have big grand palaces are they smaller multiplexes I have no no clue but I want to know
0: all right what's next? take a picture and send it to me
3: Joe Byram over under 40 percent we get the Wayne's death scene again
0: two percent at most all right what's next
3: Drew L. Ray sending in almost a $50 super wow thank you Drew appreciate that man Hey everyone, game day, baby! Game day. <laughs> Vanessa and I have our tickets for the fan screening at seven. Nice. It can be cruel, poetic, or blind, but when it's denied, it's your violence you may find. Don't fall asleep, Ray. Oh.
0: I I am telling you this I am so excited for this movie. It, it's just because it's the this is, you can already tell from the trailers, this is a comic book movie unlike probably any we've ever seen before. If they truly do take the seven approach, the along came a spider kind of approach. If if they really do take that approach with a Batman and they keep it darkened, I'm already just looking forward to something so original. I love the fact that it is outside of the DC. Yes. I love that. I really hope they never will. I really hope Marvel takes a cue from this and tries doing some standalone one shot stories as well. I mean, there's so much about this I'm so excited for. Ray, I know you're a little bit nervous tonight about the three hour runtime. But if I had to ask you, what's the one thing you're most excited about? What would you say is the one thing you're most excited about for tonight?
1: Uh, bru- The brutality. That's yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, really, Batman punches a lot of guys. There's not a lot of blaster play with him. But when he goes to fighting, he takes care of business. I want to see every, I want to see that, that suit stretch. I yeah. want to see that he could do some kicks. I want to see him flying in from uh, stealthy, whatever, in your face, all of it. Let's just get some bones cracking.
2: I'll bring like a thumbtack with me. So if he ever gets sleepy, just, yeah, just I'll just a tap, you know, get right on the top of the leg there. Don't worry. Bam. If
0: he starts to fall asleep, you'll know. Raise a snorer. Yeah. I'm not, not going to lie. Raise a snorer. So you'll know. right it, oh, away.
1: Like, it's like a deep bear. Like,
2: oh, that's not good, dude.
1: But not, you know you're, what?
2: You're sitting okay. next to Chris. I,
1: I've saved up some money. I'm going to buy every single candy they have available. Sugar at the rush gonna gonna make sure i'm eating throughout the just whole just make
0: sure when we go to dinner because we're gonna go to dinner before the movie oh starts. that's not i'm not having anything taking some soda take take make sure you get some sugar into your some liquid sugar into your system there maybe some liquor
1: May, uh, maybe some but who's we'll put you to sleep i'm
3: with yeah. you there you'll get sleep. wouldn't
0: that put you to sleep no really
1: yeah. i actually started laughing and just like everything is funny so i don't know yeah we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out i don't want to piss anyone off in the theater by laughing at stuff, but... All right, what's next?
3: All right, Casey Mack. Hey, John, a few days ago, there was this ad for a Bullet Train teaser trailer that had Brad Pitt that said, get on board March 2nd. So are we to assume we might get a first trailer to Bullet Train tomorrow? That'll probably be the release of the first full trailer. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Again, I, I saw, they showed us, they gave us a presentation to Bullet Train at CinemaCon a number of months ago that Aaron and I were at, and it looks like a lot of fun. Oh, okay. It looks like a lot of fun. So, uh... Yeah, be, be excited, Casey. Be excited. I think this is going to be one that... I You know, I think this is going to be the next Baby Driver. I think this is going to be the, the next one that, you know, kind of... Okay, well, that looks interesting, but it's going to be one that we, we all, when we do see it, it's just going to be like, wow, that was a ball.
1: That's what I think we're going to get out of this. Can movie. you give another example, John? I haven't seen Baby Driver.
3: Oh, so fun. You haven't
0: seen Baby Driver? No. You're so lucky. Oh, wow. What's another good example? Um, uh, Not Free Guy. Uh, What's another little... Actioneer.
2: See, I kept th- I just keep thinking Smoking Aces because it's about multiple. Smoking oh. Aces,
3: yeah,
0: okay, yeah, yeah. Although Smoking Aces, I I kind of compare that a little bit more to like a lock stock mm-hmm. sort mm-hmm. of thing. But it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I you just keep, keep thinking second. assassins competing against
3: each other. All right, what's next? Uh, Parker Thwips, who's just sending in a chat to support us. Thank you, Parker. Anish, have you guys seen The Kid Detective with Adam Brody? Small budget, but a fantastic little movie. You know
0: what? It wasn't bad.
3: I
2: it thought it wasn't cute. bad either.
3: It was, it was
0: actually pretty cute. I okay, mean, I, I, I didn't it. come away from it thinking, oh my God. No, but you're right. It's it was for a little film that kind of flew under the radar a mm. lot at the time. It was, it
3: was pretty adorable. I kind of liked it. All right, what's next? Christoval I think Method Man would make one hell of a bishop in my opinion. Have you seen him play The Lawyer on Power? The skill is there. Uh I, I I mean, my preference
0: is go pure go with a pure actor. Go with somebody who has actually dedicated their life to the art and the craft of acting. That's that's my normal thing. Look, obviously, every once in a while you get like a Lady Gaga who oh, but then again, Lady Gaga, she did start off in drama. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really where she got her start. But every once in a while you will get a musical personality that can actually be Something, but I just love the Bishop character so much. Like, I want to see somebody, I want to see somebody like a Ray Fisher. You know, Ray Fisher, he, who was a complete unknown name, but he came up through Broadway. So you knew he's going to have the chops. See, I'd like to see somebody like that, somebody who's got like their, their whole life has been dedicated, not that they were doing something else and said, Oh, I think I'll try acting. I, and no disrespect for anybody who did that. I'm just saying, my first choice. Would be somebody more like Fisher, who's come up, has put in their work, has trained. This is what their de- life has been dedicated to: is the craft of acting. They and they learned, they got experience, they become seasoned. That's what I would like to see personally, because I've been wanting a Bishop movie for a long time. I want a Bishop movie. All right, what's next?
3: Sam Fisher, Rob, are you like uh, are you like Jed McKay's Moon Knight run? Do you like Jed McKay's Moon Knight run? Yeah. Let's try that. Yeah, I'm liking Hunter's Moon, The Right Fist of. Co- Conshu uh, to Moon Knight's left. Not a fan of the name, though.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I think that they've been trying to figure out what to do with Moon Knight basically for almost 50 years. And it's it's fine. I don't love it, but it's good. I think all the... the, the to me, the problem with Moon Knight, we talked about the Warren Ellis run. I like that because it was so weird. You know, it was with the Mr. Knight. But the problem is they keep No one actually knows really what to do with Moon Knight, which is why they keep reinventing him and turning into something else. But it's good. You know, I'll just read anything to do with Moon Knight, but I have to tell you, it's been mostly disappointing for me, to be honest.
3: (laughs) All right, what's next? Lucky BX. Hi, crew. Peacemaker actor Freddie Stormer revealed that he wasn't originally vigilante. He was a recast. I can't imagine the show without him. See,
0: that's the thing. that, Like, whenever I talk to people about... Somebody else could play that role. You can rec- no, When we see somebody in a role, that then becomes the imprint. And we have a hard, hard time imagining that oh, he was the perfect guy. Nobody else could have played it as well as him. It's like, well, you're only saying that because that's all who you saw play him. And he did a great job. But that's not to say that somebody else may not have done it just as well or maybe even better. It's just you can't imagine that because now that is your template. You know. And and he was great. I mean he's awesome Vigilante.
2: Do you know they, they shot like all of the episodes with Vigilante and then replaced him? They replaced the actor after they shot like five and a half episodes. And they had to reshoot. James Gunn came in and reshot all of the Vigilante stuff.
0: I have not heard that. Is that yep. is I that heard true? about that, yep. yeah. They got they shot that much of it? Yep.
2: And they made the recast deep 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 into production i mean
0: obviously whenever vigilante's in the costume then it didn't matter but seriously they they recap they reshot that much yep that must have been something catastrophic that happened uh, you know what i could see because it's not see. like lord peter jackson lord of the rings or even a situation like back to the future where they got a little bit into it realized ah he's not our marty mcfly or harvey
2: kytel in apocalypse now yeah. i mean they got down and
0: but this is like well, like you're 70% of the way into the show and they, have you heard anything about why they did that? You at know that what,
2: point? I would imagine that, and James Gunn, I read this article where he addressed this issue and and it, I think it was more down to like a tonal thing. I can imagine when they got into post and they started cutting together what they had. I mean, the, the thing about Peacemaker is the tone of that show, that's a very difficult balance and I bet it just wasn't working. You know that that the look that Vigilante performance is unhinged. I mean, that character is very specific in his unhinged nature. Dude,
0: that scene in the prison with him and Peacemaker's uh, dad I mean, yeah. is like one of the so greatest good. TV moments of the last
2: year. Or I'm show. telling you, I'm, I'm just I think that they needed to find they needed because his scenes are he's different than but any other But they didn't the figure characters. it out
0: till five episodes in. Something like that. Something if, they if that's were the well case, somebody really wasn't doing their job. Yeah. I, I will go so far as say, you know me, I, I'm a huge James Gunn fan, love James Gunn, but if that's true, then that's James Gunn's fault because yeah, you, can't, I think you he, can't go that far into it and only figure that out when you're 70% I think of the way he owns through. It. I yeah. think
2: he owns it, and I think
0: you know sometimes as far the studio, I don't approve of the the additional budget he was going to need to go in and do that either. Like, I, I thought maybe somebody died or got super sick or something.
2: I think it was probably an incredibly difficult thing to do, but it just, I, I'm sure that they saw, because sometimes you have to see it all come together and you realize this isn't really working. All right,
0: let's keep going here. What's next?
3: All right. Uh, Sam Fisher again. Rob, what do you think of the idea of Moon Knight having a villain that is powered by Artemis or another moon deity, like a dark reflection villain?
2: Okay, here's the thing. And, and they added, they created the deities later. Like Khonshu, it was always when Moon Knight was first created, is he really being possessed by Khonshu or is it just his mind doing this? I don't know if I like bringing in the moon deity or the, the, the outer reach gods or whatever in the in the MCU. I think they're gonna focus on the idea that those gods aren't real yet, that he's just crazy.
0: And it would continue a pattern in marvel and others but whereas the hero has to face the mirror of themselves as their villain yeah so iron man had to face iron monger ant-man had to fight yellow jacket uh and, and they've done that right so maybe it was something they'd want to avoid yeah i just
2: i, I don't the whole cosmology of it i don't like it Mm-hmm. I, like that. I liked it better when Moon Knight was grounded. But then again, there's been so many iterations. I don't know what they're going to do. But I think that's where the Ethan Hawke character, if he's indeed playing the Sun King occult leader, that he's going to be the manipulative one who's going to be using those visions Mark Spector has
0: against him. All
3: right. So, what's next? John Redcorn. Snoop and Martha Stewart would have been great Oscar hosts. I would have watched that. Yeah. They're adorable together. Those are the
0: best BFFs in the world. They're so
3: cute. I, I would watch the hell out of that. It's or McKellen be- and Stewart. Oh, my God.
0: Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart hosting the Oscars together. Precious. Come on, dude. I mean, anything would have been better. And again, I, I have respect for all three of the individuals they got. I, It made me lose 30 to 50 percent of my enthusiasm of watching the Oscars this year, finding we out who they are. We end up
3: surprised. Maybe they'll pull through. I hope Maybe so. Maybe it'll come out.
0: Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. What's next?
3: Cutter Hale. John, you should definitely watch Righteous Gemstones season two, just ended. Can't wait for season three. Definitely wa- worth watching. It's hilarious.
0: Yeah, I also, I had a buddy of mine text me this morning saying, hey, have you considered doing, well, I'll tell you who it was. It was our ad rep. Oh. Uh, text me this morning and say, you should continue, c- so consider doing a, um, a after you do The Office, you should consider doing a rewatch of a series about uh Principles and Eastbound and Down and Righteous Gemstones, and I said, well, the thing is I'm not really the world's biggest uh, Mick, uh, what's, Danny McBride McBride I'm not really the biggest McBride fan so I don't know and I like I, I, Eastbound and down didn't work for me like I and I, and I should say I've really liked Danny McBride in a couple of his movies, but his TV stuff hasn't quite worked for me Eastbound and Down really wasn't principles was good I liked it. I watched one episode of Principles and it wasn't bad. I, I will say, but I just never invested in the rest of it. And I haven't right, watched Righteous Gemstones. Dude. Yet, so.
2: You would love Righteous Gemstones.
0: I keep hearing a lot of people have been writing it and say it's really well, good.
1: Wait, that, that sounds like a Q, QVC home shopping network title. Is it about that? No, it's about a family of a televangelist. Oh, yeah. okay,
0: okay. Well, it's kind of like that. Jewish. I guess kind of yeah. in the way it is kind of like that. So I I keep hearing from people that should check it out. Thanks for adding your voice to that, Cutter. All right, what's next?
3: All right, Sam Fisher again. I was trying to come up with a Mr. Knight reference with that new poster, but all I get was the Beatles song, Mr. Moonlight changed to Mr. Moon Knight. I like that. I like that. That can work. All right, what's next? T-Bone. Hey, John, I know you've mentioned Warrior before. I love it. I think it's a cross between Enter the Dragon and Game of Thrones and a Spaghetti Western. How would you describe it?
0: It's hard to know how to describe. I'm trying to remember who it was that turned me on to Warrior but Andrew Koji stars in warrior and that is a show that is far deeper than it has any business being with much better character development. Like, cause you think when you look at the outside, if you just look for a preview of warrior thing, okay, it's a martial arts show every week, there's going to be a new villain and the, the Kung Fu will save the day. It is so much deeper than that. It's legitimately a great story with great character development and every one of the characters is has like their own thing going on. It reminds me a lot of Arcane that way. Um, so yeah, yeah, I just I just compared Arcane to Warrior. If you haven't watched Warrior, give it a shot. It's so fun, the martial arts in it are top-notch fantastic. So yeah, definitely give it a check. All right,
3: what's next? Sam Fisher. John, Rob, have you ever danced with the devil in the Pale Moon Knight?
0: Uh, get it? Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> all right, what's next?
3: Dale wadley let us know if there's a post-credit scene in Batman. Yeah, you know, I haven't
0: even thought about it. That's, but yeah, we will let you. We won't tell you what it is, but we will let you know if there is one. Have yeah. you guys heard whether there's a post- No, scene? I haven't read anything haven't read about post-credits. Yeah. 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 I'm going so blind. I'm going to guess there's not one, but we will definitely check it out, and we'll let you know if there it's is a three-hour post-credit. It's a three-hour post-credit scene. All right, what's next?
3: One hundred movie marathon. Hey John and crew, I have a prediction. 300,000 subscribers on the channel by this summer. Love watching the show and I can't wait to see it grow more.
0: By this summer, I don't know. We're growing. What are we at right now? How many subscribers have we got? 175, 170 or 275,
1: 276? Yeah, last
0: like checked there was like two. Two so we're about either 25 or 24,000 away from 300,000. We're growing at a, at a decent clip of about three to 5,000 new subscribers a month. So if that's the pace we keep up, we probably won't hit 300,000 by summer, which is fine. Listen, I never thought we did 100,000. I mean, I I just thought whatever. So the fact that we hit 100,000, the fact that we hit 200,000 is great. And at some point we are gonna hit 300,000, which is crazy. What's really crazy is we're just a couple of months away, like two or three months away from hitting 200 million views.
3: Well, and I think that's what's more important though, too. Everyone yeah, always talks much about subscribers. Subscriber and it's like numbers. no, but you want subscribers who actually watch your stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and it, it just feels like yesterday that we had our hundred million view party. Yeah. But we are and we are gonna throw an event. We are gonna have an event for our two hundred million view party. Yes. Uh we're closing in on that pretty quick, so I'm 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 very excited about that. That
3: last one was so fun. Everyone was so sweet. Oh, yep. it was such a good time. It was the so night nice. I cried. It was a, oh. yeah, that was a really, really and we got food.
0: like good cookies.
3: People we, brought
2: yeah. us, people brought us like
1: we
3: treats. We really good cookies. It was nice. Yeah. yeah. Cookies. them. Awesome. What
1: can I say? Oh, did I? Really you did. Good. I must have been, it must, I must have ate them so fast that I don't remember. Mm-hmm.
0: They were All right. Good. What's next?
3: Uh, Stephanie Mitchell. Hey guys. By ha- the way, she sends like $20. Thank you, Yay. Stephanie. Happy Batman day. Hope you guys have your snacks ordered and are ready for tonight. Like I am. Can't wait for your out-of-the-theater reactions. Enjoy, guys.
0: You know what, Stephanie? You just reminded me. Because yeah, one of the things you can do, uh, at least at AMC Theaters, is in the AMC app, you can order your food well in advance. Mm-hmm. And then when you show up, they they have a big um, uh, shelf kind of thing. And your order will be there in a box waiting for you with your name on it. And you you tell them what time you expect to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And they'll make sure it's there at that time. So it's not like sitting out there for two hours as your hot dog gets cold. But you can buy it all and have a waiting. And Anna and I have used that a few times. So you just show up. You don't even have to get in the line. You just go right up, grab your box, and into the theater you go. Oh, Yeah, I think I'm going to take advantage of that. Even though we're having dinner first, so I'm probably only going to get my my popcorn and soda. But still, I'll probably take advantage of that. All right, what's next?
3: Ismail Montoya. Hey, John. Is it safe to assume that you know if in Doctor Strange Mm -hmm. 2 we'll end the multiverse or expand it?
0: Um, I can either confirm or deny any of that because I don't want to give you an indication in the negative or an indication in the positive either way. So uh, I have to respectfully not answer the question. Israel. Is All right, what's next or Ismail?
3: Uh, Sam Fisher one of three. You mentioned Night and Day yesterday, which I really like.
0: Oh gosh, I like that film.
3: It falls into one of my stupidly specific subgenres. I loved. I dubbed the civilian gets involved in a spy mission slash assassination, but it's also competent after twenty four hours to a week rom com. <laughs> Two other movies I love in this genre are Mr. Right, starring Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick, which is so fun, and The Killers with Catherine Heigl and Ashton Kutcher.
0: You know what? I'm going to admit I I actually kind of like The Killers.
3: <laughs> I did <laughs> now. Uh, Day and Night, I thought the
0: third act kind of fell apart a little bit in Day and Night. But other than that, the rest of the film, I think that was just kind of a a baller of a film. And you're right, Sam. There is a little bit of a sub-genre there. Absolutely. there have been a number of films in that. Yeah, Killers, I enjoyed. By the way, speaking of uh, Catherine Heigl, I always got to take the opportunity to point out, I think one of the most underrated comedies of the past 15 years and it's called The Ugly Truth
3: oh,
0: with really? Gerard Butler. Mm-hmm. That is a tragically underrated comedy. Mm, I haven't seen it. I watch that movie, and I laugh my ass off. I just think it's an incredible. And most people have the same reaction Chris had. <laughs> I, most I'm people bring up that movie. Enjoy. Chris, Chris but, but I'm telling you, man, that movie is amazing. Actually, one of the guys, one of the guys in my movie, The Anniversary, plays like... Uh, Gerard Butler's buddy and a best friend and agent in that one. So oh. he, was, he was actually in my movie, The Anniversary. Anyway, great comedy. If you haven't seen it, check it out. All right, what's next?
3: Uh, Parker Thwips. I'm an animator at DreamWorks. Hi, what's up? Wow, that's awesome. do oh, give me a job. I auditioned <laughs> for you guys so much. Uh, our latest movie, The Bad Guys, releases in April. Have you had a chance to check out the trailers? What do you think?
0: All right. It looks cute. <laughs> Real talk. I haven't watched the trailers. Really? Because they did a presentation of it at CinemaCon a few months ago, and it honestly didn't interest me that much. Okay. I like a, I watched it, and now granted, a lot of it was unfinished animation, but I just the p- concept of it didn't really work for me. Now, I have heard from people who have watched the trailers that the trailers look pretty good. So I might have to check it out at some point. But I, just just being real with you, I I haven't watched the trailers. yet.
2: It was totally not on my radar. But I watched the trailer and I I quite liked it. Yeah. I really thought it looked like, like, like it was a lot of good. fun. People
0: seem to be enjoying it. It
1: seems cute. Yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, I'm all in. I like in. the characters. Oh, you like times. the trailers, mm-hmm. yeah? Right? Yeah, because of Mega Mine, you know, like you know the bad guy yeah, and I then they're like, like focused. I I, you know, yeah. I just.
0: I'm with you.
3: Mm-hmm. And I like the animation style. I,
0: nice. I, I do too. The animation does look good. Like I'll I'll give it that. So I don't know. I everybody's telling me the trailer's good. I'm gonna have to check them out. Thanks for writing in, Parker. And good luck on the movie, dude. All right, what's next?
3: Kevin Joyce, one of two. I understand people are anxious about how this film is perceived broadly, but I think they're getting too hung up on the minutia of the Rotten Tomatoes score. Bop, 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 bop. I think it's safe to say the film is generally well-received. Beyond that, fans should judge the film for themselves and take away what they will.
0: Well, I mean, yes, yes and no. I mean, look, the reason Rotten Tomatoes, I think the the real value of the Rotten Tomatoes score and and the critic views is that the Rotten Tomatoes scores is simply a reflection of a group of one to 300 people who happen to watch a hell of a lot of movies and that are very, very different people from each other. Like, no two film critics and Rotten Tomatoes are alike. Like, they have totally polar different opinions, totally polar different tastes, totally polar different opinions. And if you can get into that and then get a kind of a sense of, hey, if 90% of them like it and they're so different from each other, there is a good chance I will like it too. Not a guarantee, but a good chance I will like it too. The Batman is a movie that, to me, um, I and I've said this before, looks like one that is absolutely not going to be for everybody. And what did I say on the show yesterday? I said, I think this is going to come in somewhere between 84-85 and 93-94 on the tomato meeting. And as I go over to Rotten Tomatoes right now, with 186 reviews in it is at 87. So it's kind of right there in the middle of where I thought it was going to come in. Because something this gritty, something this dark, something this violent, something this bleak, is not going to be for everybody. And there's nothing wrong with that you know some people watch those types of movies and it does not click for them it doesn't work for them and it leaves them in a position where they don't enjoy it
2: you know john i read a review and if uh, it was a female reviewer who had said something to the effect of in these dark times do we need a movie like this and when i read reviews like that i i dismiss them because that person's not reviewing the film that film that person's making a value judgment about the content like the filmmakers can't they're making a movie you don't know what time you're gonna live in when you're making the movie how is that a review of the film and I think there's a lot of people or at least I've read an undercurrent of reviews on this movie where people tend they're saying that like is this movie a responsible film like this movie is too dark and I'm like what does it have to do with the you're not reviewing the movie you're making a value judgment on the, the subject matter that'd be like that's a bizarre tact to take. I,
0: I think at it, it, times it comes across as that way, but look, out of, like, for instance, like I said right now, there's 186 reviews out right now, right? And so, yes, you get somebody like like that lady who said, uh, you know, is this really the kind of movie we need right now? That might just be her, an expression of what her baseline opinion, like, I didn't like it, so uh, her outward expresses that. But even if so, at almost 200 reviews, that represents... 0.5% right. of the things that are out there. Right no, now, but right?
2: my, my only point is is that she's not actually reviewing the movie. She's not looking at the movie and making it. But, but
0: I would say, did you read her entire review or did I you did. just read one quote from her review? No, and, I, read, I bet if you go and read her entire review, she probably does say something she likes and she, doesn't like. That might just be a summation. She does, but, but I mean, if you go and in. Again, it's just one out of 200 critics. No, it's true, but I think that there's, I just mean
2: overall when people review films. They, when I when I hear somebody bring in the, when they're, they're making a value judgment about the kind of movie it is, and that's how they lead, I tend to dismiss their opinion because I'd rather you yes. tell me if the movie's good or not on its own merits. Now, I can understand there's a valid criticism to be made, like, our society doesn't need storytelling like this, it hurts us all. There is an argument to be made,
0: but that's not a movie review. And if you're going to review movies, review the movie. There was there was something similar that we saw happen with the Joker reviews. Yes. There were, there were a couple, but again, I feel like a lot of people made a mountain out of a molehill because it was like two or three critics out of about three or 400 that put out, but so we made a big deal out of it. But yes, there were a couple of critics. I remember when the Joker came out that did kind of the same thing. There was like, you know, taking this approach is a socially irresponsible way to say, this is art. This is an artist telling their story from this character's perspective. It also reminds me of a lot of people, remember the, we've talked about this before, the Clint Eastwood movie, Million Dollar Baby. In Million Dollar Baby, Clint Eastwood's character has an impossible decision to make at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert for the end of Million Dollar Baby. But he helps the girl commits suicide after she, she begged him to do it. Now, I remember a lot of people were like Clint Eastwood because she was going to, she was a fighter. She was going to be a paraplegic the rest of her life and she didn't want to live and, and blah, blah, blah. And I remember a lot of people say this movie is a travesty because Clint Eastwood is saying that handicapped people don't have value and they shouldn't live. It's like, no, no, wait a minute. Clint Eastwood's telling the story that's not his story about a character who is not him, who faces an impossible situation that you've never found yourself in. And he's telling the story about what choice that fictional character made to cause an emotional reaction in us, the audience. And you're going to discard this movie? because the character did something you didn't want him to do that's not that that's that's judging a movie based on whether or not it meets your pre-designed and pre-determined ideas about what socially is acceptable or not is what the, you're not judging the movie so it's very similar I think yeah absolutely seen stuff like there's, this before. there's
2: more and more of that all the time in our society that But I feel like we're becoming more and more, like, I've always believed that one of the things about movies, John, is that it forces us to look outward. Yes. And in looking outward, we then look inward into ourselves. But nowadays, I feel that people are expecting what's out there to be their, their vision of the world. Yeah. Like, if this doesn't fit my vision of the world, then I will immediately reject it. And I feel like we're getting, we're becoming much more... There's another re- a lot of reasons for this, but much more narcissistic. Like I expect you to treat me the way I want to be treated all the time. And if you don't, I have a problem with you. And I think that's a weird way to live. Like uh, the world out there, you can't expect the world to bend, to change itself, to be the way you want. You have to go out and meet the world on its own terms. And I think movies are like that too. You got to look at movies and you have to accept them on their terms, not your terms.
3: All right. What's next? hulk smash your mom
0: oh jeez
3: cannot wait for thursday to see the batman and imax my fiance and daughter who absolutely love twilight boy <laughs> yes so uh so do i can't wait let's go
0: i mean listen i i think these trailers have shown for, so forget all the reviews because you know the reviews are pretty much unanimous in their things that pattinson owns this but you put that aside for a second. I think just the trailers themselves have shown, okay, this guy inhabited this role. Now, we won't know that for sure until we see it for ourselves. But I think you're right. I'm right there with you, Hulk Smash. I'm right there with you. Can
2: I also give a shout out, by the way, to Chris Stuckman, who loved this movie, by the way? Loved it. But he called out, he's like, I am so sick of listening to people bringing up Twilight, not Twilight Boy. He didn't use that term. And I was like, kudos to you, dude, because he said this guy has earned his stripes.
0: But he's wrong in a way. Because remember, and we've talked about we've talked about this before. It's easy for us to say Pattinson has earned his stripes because we've seen High Life, and we've seen Good Time, and we've seen these films that he has done where he has sharpened himself to become one of the finest actors out there right now. But there's but these are under the radar, small it's independent true. films that I. That's why I always say when. When I hear the people of the Twilight boy, when I hear that, I instantly know these are guys who have not seen these other movies. And I understand that if you have not seen all this incredible body of work that Robert Pattinson has done. And the problem is, is that sometimes guys like Chris, guys like myself, guys like maybe some of you watching, we forget that other people don't have our same experience. It's true. And I'm I I do that too. We all do it. We all do it. And so when I hear somebody like that, it's like, okay, I get it. You haven't seen any of those Pattinson movies. And you know what? If I hadn't seen any Robert Pattinson movie since Twilight, who knows how I would be feeling about him playing the role too? It's true.
2: But John, i mean, But yes, I am getting tired of hearing it. I'm gonna admit to you, last night it popped up in my YouTube feed when I was I watched the clip when the Volturi, the Volt—is it the Volturian yes. mm-hmm. When the Volturi show up, and the the two the two armies are meeting on the on the ice. I don't know why. I watched like that six minute clip, and I'm like,
0: it's pretty good. I'll, I'll tell you what. I have, I actually didn't mind the Final Twilight movie. <laughs> was it fun. was it was. They I got their it was they the got their the baby. The you got
2: Kristen Stewart's gone full on V. You, you know, Michael, it's awesome. Uh, Michael. Um, she- uh, Michael. Um, Sheen. 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 I, Sheen. I always shannon and Sheen always make, and i like he's like i want to find out what the truth is you know he he was good
0: and do you remember he was the main werewolf in underworld yeah Mm -hmm. he's i love him he's wonderful and uh, and and dakota fanning and he's in good omens now too
3: dakota fanning was i mean
2: dakota fanning it, it was every teen boy's goth dream girl in that movie what's up with that come on all right what's next
3: the Lord Biswa, who sends in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Lord Biswa. John, you mentioned how you didn't start the movie blog until you were in your 30s. Yeah. I'm turning 35 in April. I broke with assurance that relaunching my podcast in the future is still viable. Thank you for inspiring us. Yeah, and listen, I but I want to
0: make sure I <laughs> encourage you to go in with the right mindset. When I started the movie blog, I did not start it with the intention of it being my new career. I started the movie blog because I thought it was fun. And I wanted to add my voice to the conversation. And I wanted to give other people who like the things I like another destination to go to, to hear and read and, and, and talk about the things they like talking about and reading about. And I did it for fun. And it it happened to turn into something. But Look, I always just want to caution anybody. I First of all, I encourage everybody to start a blog, podcast, or a YouTube channel. Because I think it's great. But I caution you not to do it thinking it's going to be your next career because, and you know, there's a, there's a YouTuber I watch. His name's Harris Heller. And if any of you guys in the live chat know who Harris Heller is or watch any of his stuff as well, give me a shout out in there. Let me know that you know who I'm talking about. Uh, but he's great. He talks a lot about the the, the tech uh, for YouTubing and the, the you know mics and capture cards and cameras and all that kind of stuff. He's, he's really quite good and I like him a lot. And yes, Blake Campbell, that's right. His channel's called Alpha Gaming. That's right, which is now gonna be t- called Senpai pretty, pretty soon. But he, a lot of people watch his channel specifically because he's there to educate people how to get into streaming and stuff like that. But what I like about him a lot is that he's very forthright with the people who watch him. Because he started on Twitch and all that kind of stuff too. He goes, listen, less than half a percent of you are going to be able to pay your bills with streaming. He says, I don't say that to deter you, but just to give you a realistic appraisal of the situation. Less the stats show that less than half of you will be able to actually earn a living. But all of you can have a lot of fun at it And all of you might be able to even make a little bit of money at it, or if you will. But but don't go into it thinking this is my new career. But absolutely do it for the enjoyment of it. Absolutely do it for making your contribution to the film command or to the to the fan community as a whole. Absolutely do it, 100%. Just be realistic about whether or not you're going to be able to make it your new career. That's that's all I'm saying. Not that it's impossible. I just want there to be realistic expectations. All right. What's next?
3: Eric, Mr. Rare Air. Ledger, I love the name. Ledger played in back before his Joker role, so I don't understand why is Pattinson getting this unnecessary hate before people even see the film? Um, Brokeback was y- yes, an award-winning film?
0: Now listen. Yes, there were. a t- Like, don't pretend like there wasn't a problem. Going into him being the Joker, everybody was broke back Mountain guy? Like, let's not rewrite history here. There was a lot of that. There was an ass ton of it. Brokeback Mountain Guy. And the difference was that Brokeback Mountain Guy got an Academy Award nomination. And that movie won Oscars. Twilight did not. This was a very, very different kind of thing. Brokeback Mountain was a very mature movie. It was an adult movie. So the situations were very, very different. But make no mistake about it. With all the love in the world that there is today for the way Heath Ledger owned that role of Joker and won an Academy Award for it, before it happened, when they first announced it, everybody pretends like it wasn't them, but it was. Brokeback Mountain guy is going to be Joker? Yeah. Here's the other thing, too. Heath Ledger had a body of work before he ever played Joker and a body of work before he ever did Brokeback Mountain. The only thing anybody knows Robert Pattinson from was Twilight. Now, the last 10 years, we know we've done a lot more, but at that time was Twilight and a short appearance in Harry Potter. And that was it. Well, the Twilight franchise was made
2: fun of by especially, let's face it, dudes, Yeah, because it was a YA series written for predominantly a female audience. And so I think it's unfair that that sentiment is carried over into this. And I think it's kind of unfair. I mean, What's wrong with that? What's wrong with having a, a YA series written by Stephanie Meyer for a predominantly female audience that gets turned into a huge, big, grossing franchise that gave way to a fan fiction
0: group of people that led to Fifty Shades of Grey? What's wrong with that? And again, just do not ever mistake this. There was a lot of backlash when Heath Ledger first got Absolutely. To- yeah. it. Absolutely. There was backlash with Michael Keaton. Yep. Yeah. It was... Mr. Mr. Mom? Mr. Mm-hmm. Mom, boy. Yeah, Mr. Mom. <laughs> there was a huge thing in that. When Hugh Jackman got cast. Oh. I mean, yeah, so the, it, there's a lot of that there. There's a lot of that there, Eric. All right, what's next?
3: Chris Persina is sending in an almost $20 super chat. Game it's, day? Game day. Game day. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. All right, what's next? Sootheus, though I only watched Vikings season one and enjoyed it, I sort of fell off from watching the rest. However, I just finished bing- binging Vikings Valhalla. Two thumbs up.
0: Yeah, I have not started watching that yet. I... I loved vikings but i stopped watching when ragnar died once ragnar died i was like oh uh, he was the main reason i watched the show he was the main character the show was about him now my wife ann watched the rest of the series and she says it's just as good mm-hmm. um but i kind of fell off after that, but i loved it up until that point so i am curious to see uh the new viking show i really am all right what's next
3: sam fisher Breaking news. Deadline is now able to report the next Fast and Furious sequel be, will be called Fast 10, Your Seat Belt. I'll see myself out.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. See, your, see yourself out, Sam. Uh, see yourself out. All right, what's next? Actually, it's not bad, though.
3: Wiley Todd is seeing Batman tomorrow because of Cinemark. Frowning face. So I won't be watching the show tomorrow. I'll see you on Thursday. Yeah, the show, I
0: understand Cinemark is also going to have their own early fan screens, but they're not today. They are tomorrow. But hey, man, at least you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. At least you're seeing it before the official opening day. So hey, count your blessings, dude. All right, what's next?
3: Colby Parker. Hi, John and crew. My New Year's resolution has been to watch 50 movies I've never watched before. So far, I've watched The Departed, Fight nice. Club, nice. Raiders, and Temple June. Nice, nice. Also, happy Batman Day. Happy
0: Batman Day. And you know what? You participated in that, uh, Colby, with Ray Aura who last night watched Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time, that we are doing a movie club on a little bit later today. Got anything to say?
1: Raiders!
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So... Guys, make sure if you are a fan of Raiders of the Lost Ark, come back at three o'clock Pacific Standard Time, about two and a half hours after today's show's over, and uh, make sure you join us for that. All right, what's...
3: Sin Vendetta, so many reviewers are comparing The Batman to Seven, and considering Seven is my favorite movie of all time, this gets me so hyped for this movie. Seeing it Thursday, enjoy it tonight, John.
0: I can honestly say I don't ever remember any comic book movie being compared to Seven and that's exciting not just because seven is great but it just again it points to that this is going to be a very unique kind of comic book movie yes. that we've never seen before because we've never heard any movie any comic book movie compared to seven so i think that's a really exciting thing so it doesn't have to be as good as seven doesn't have to be as good as the dark knight but if this is a if this is a good movie that's a mixture of the dark knight and seven I know I'm gonna be happy. All right, what's next?
3: The man with the master plan. It's freaking game day! Game, game day. day! I was able to trade my tickets for this sh- showing tonight with my bro-in-law, since he is not as a big a fan of Batman as I am.
0: You know what? I love as much as I love going to these movies with other fans. I also really love going to these movies with people who are not really into that material or don't really know that material though. right. That's why I love taking you to see Hobbs and Shaw because you had never seen <laughs> a Fast and the Furious movie. And I had a great time. And we was had a I had such a good time and I, I really dig that. So the fact that you get to go with your brother-in-law who's not totally into that world, I think that's going to be a lot of fun, man. I really yeah. do. All right, what's
3: next? Jerome, do you guys agree with John's interpretation that Batman chose to save Dent over Rachel and Joker didn't lie about the location in The Dark Knight?
0: So there's there's been an ongoing debate about this, and I've watched The the Dark Knight a bunch of times, but, but we've discussed this a thousand times, so I'm really not in the mood to talk about it again. But I will just say, so my interpretation of it is, was that Batman understood that Dent was more important to the city, uh, and that he actually made the conscious choice to do that. And uh, different people brought up different arguments, some very, very good, valid arguments at the same time. But when I watch the movie, and then I hear the conversation between Bruce and uh alfred after the fact it, it, it just just leads me to believe that but it, w- listen i'm going to talk to christopher nolan someday and i'll ask him and he'll tell me definitively one way yeah. or the other and i won't care what the answer is but yeah that's kind of my take on it any anybody have a, a thought on that one
2: i'd have to think harder on that i'd have to watch that again again yeah yeah, yeah. I, just, again.
0: I, I think there's different ways to interpret it I yeah mean, are. so if christopher nolan tells me it's something totally different it won't bother me at all all right what's next
3: abraham ruiz watching godfather this past weekend was great and studio 666 was fun even if the swearing in it was a bit gratuitous at times lol oh gratuitous swearing i'd hate it <laughs>
0: but here's the thing <laughs> Does any of you doubt that if you hung out in a house for the weekend with foo fighters drinking and playing music that that's not how they would talk if, yeah, if it is was, yeah, would. then it's not gratuitous See, that's to me, the, the idea of gratuitous is when that is out of place and wouldn't have actually happened there. You just put it in there for the sake of it being there. That's gratuitous. And but if it feels like, no, that's exactly how that would go down. Here's the thing, Pam, Pamela and Tommy. I have no doubt that Tommy Lee probably had several drug induced conversations with his own dick. I have no doubt that that probably I know happened. I do. And
3: <laughs> that's why nothing about that seemed <laughs> gratuitous to me. We're just me. really glad you stopped doing it at work. Yeah, though. yeah.
0: yeah the, we had to have some HR conversations throughout <laughs> about that in the middle of the shows. But yes. Where do
2: you think I get my ideas from?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next?
3: Next, we just have a whole bunch of support from folks. Oh, wow. Uh, Brandon Beagle, Movie Idiot, Lee Valdez, Josh Holbert, and Steele Smith. Thank you so much for your support, y'all. Thank
0: you, guys. You just sent in super chats to be supportive. So thank you so much. And guys, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campy Show, thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank to all you guys who sent in the live comments and questions. Number one, because it gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campy Show... Thank you guys so much for your support. Don't forget, once again, we have our new episode of the newest meeting of our movie club is today, about two and a half hours from now at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you come on back as we talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Can't wait for that. And of course, keep your eyes on the YouTube channel later tonight as we're going to be putting up our video of our Right Out of the Theater Reactions to the batman and of course the john Cabus show returns again tomorrow and we hope you will join us for that so going around the uh, table here thank you to robert meyer burnett to ray aura to chris carr and to you guys thanks for being here my name's john campia and until next time my friends bye-bye